up, bitches! <laughs> So the rules before we get well no full disclosure before we get started, I have been in an AT and T store for the last four hours trying to switch <laughs> mm-hmm. over my plan. So if I'm short with you, it's not personal. I just don't really like anyone right now. Uh, <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> That's good. 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 Well, Mike had no problem, but you and I have just met Dave. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that the, you know, my my humor may be lost on you to, for the first ten or fifteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but the rules are. Okay, we're going to do underrated movies. You were the first person I thought. You and I, Mike, have been, I'm pointing at Mike, you can't see it, have been talking about doing another episode, uh, mainly because we just wanted to throw it in Ryan's face that he hasn't been on as much as you have. <laughs> Absolutely. But Suck also, <laughs> you know, just do, anytime I wanted to do a movie one, because let's see, you did the, well, you came on with Ryan, we just kind of talked about movies, documentaries, Cleveland stuff. Then we did the... The, the Top, Top Gun, Gun review, watch along. which was yeah. just, I mean, <laughs> groundbreaking. I would love to know the listener numbers on that. <laughs> it's pretty good, actually. Um, you mean I, completion listener yeah. numbers or just, yeah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the cumulative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The cumulative? I don't know. Probably a lot of the same people over and over again, just re-listening to, to relive that glory. And then today. So, But yeah, so we're going to do, I, I've always had this in my mind of like underrated cool movies and i don't mean like cult movies that caught on later mm-hmm. i mean ones that just kind of came and went and i really never understand why more people don't bring it up or talk about it or if i mention it they're like what is that and i've i've always had a lot but i, I kind of the way that i'm doing mine is i'm trying to space out the different types but then also just ones that i have legitimately watched like 20 or 30 times and everyone with the exception of one on this list i have watched 20 or 30 times mm-hmm. at least some of them even more because i just love them so 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 much so we are going to talk about our we'll go one at a time mike you can actually start since you're the veteran kind of set the tone. okay sure uh and then dave you'll go as all well. right and actually um dave just so everyone knows because this is how mike introduced you to me he's like <laughs> yeah. oh, my friend david be good with this he's under bitchy vegan homo yeah bitchy vegan like, homo. Yeah. yeah just you know yeah. keep it all vague that, you know? that's my brand yeah <laughs> just leave yeah. it all the imagine that could mean anything you know? yeah so, yeah so. It, it, it doesn't clearly state what bitchy vegan homo is it is now a vegan bakery business it started out as a youtube cooking show and now it's morphed into my full-time job is it's making awesome. brownies and po- stuff yeah. yeah so some of the things you posted yeah. look amazing they taste even better yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean could have brought some but yeah. hey man that's but, your first time but movie wise uh <laughs> for 16 years of my life I, I was the marketing director for cleveland cinemas and i programmed all of the like the cult series and the classic film series and all the, all the special programming that was at like cedar lee in the capital that was all me and i still do some of that for them i still do like the 12 oh, hours of terror the best at the capital in the city too Boy, thanks Oh yeah, I believe I used to, I used to live right by a block away from Cedar Lee for a couple yeah. of years, and the Capitol's great. Those mm-hmm. are those are I think the two yeah. best. I mean, everyone likes those those reclining movie theaters, mm-hmm, of course. Mm-hmm. But I don't well, know. Well, both of the Cedar Lee and Capitol now have uh, the recliners in a f- select auditoriums in select Ooh. places now. Yes, <laughs> VIP. So, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> the upstairs theater at the Capitol has them. The small screening rooms that the Cedar Lee does, and then the downs, the the main floor of the like the large auditoriums wanted to, they put those in during the pandemic. 
So yeah, and I I owe a lot of I think some uh, to Dave just because he has introduced so many movies to me that uh, you know just stick out. Like there might be a couple on this list that have been introduced to me by Dave just because of his great programming and his taste of uh, loving not only the great films but also like the the good bad films and mm-hmm. so yeah has now wonderful taste <laughs> yeah well and well as usually the case when i have guests over you two are far more qualified for my idea <laughs> that's <laughs> so, all right yeah i mean and i'm just I, like you're gonna go through yours and and how amazing in this and the 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 year and who directed it and how it came about and i'm gonna be like you know what i've watched high so many times <laughs> that'll be my my yeah. background story so i am curious the ones that you two are gonna bring up if they're gonna be because I know, I'm guessing you two have a lot more of a history in terms of probably movies I maybe don't even know of, which I guess is kind of the point of this, too. Yeah. But I'm guessing that you're at least going to know some of the ones, if not, well, probably all of the ones that I mentioned. Yeah. And I, I think, um, you know, as we were kind of quickly discussing before we started recording, there's there's a lot of different factors, I think, that go into what what defines an underrated movie. So, you know, because it could be something that was maybe a box office flop or it could be something that um, was a critical flop, but then eventually found that niche of people that like it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there, there's a lot of different factors yeah. into it. And I kind, I honestly, the, the, what I I define mine is I even had ones that I picked. Like for an example, one that I had, but I I took it off the list was Near Dark, because mm. Near Dark became kind of like a cult. Yeah. And I'm I'm even trying to take the cult ones out of. I'm like ones that just for some reason I'm like. Gotcha. If you see it, you think it's cool, and other you're just. But most people just don't know, or at least most people I've encountered don't know. Mm-hmm. So I actually eliminated some of them, and like one of them was Near Dark, because I've always thought that was like the yeah. best vampire movie. Ever. Yeah, I love Near Dark. It's so so yep. good. Mm-hmm. Which, and I don't know if Laura uh, Wimbles is listening. I don't. I still don't think she's watched that, and what? I've mentioned it several times. <laughs> I've texted her just out of the blue, like, "Have By you Oscar watched Oscar winner movie? Catherine Bigelow? Come on, it's an essential. <laughs> it's an essential movie. Yes. It's just yeah. so so good." Um, but that's, yeah, I just, that, that's how I picked mine. Yeah. So, um, why don't world go, well, and these don't have to be in the, if you have these ranked one to five, great. I, I do not. I don't. Yeah, I, I do not. Uh, Mike, Mike already <laughs> told me before this, he cheated. He doesn't just have five. You said, come prepared with like five. And I've had a hard time whittling down my list. And then Mike tells me, well, I've got 16 on my list. <laughs> So that's, that is cheating, but that, well, <laughs> I, but I actually did have to because I had a couple that I did want to keep on, but I was like, sure. no, they're not. Well, I think these ones are. Still... You know what? Break the rules, Mike has. <laughs> well, cool. I, I'm, <laughs> thanks, Mike. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go first, and you know, it's gonna maybe sound like it's alphabetical order or something, but uh, just because of the timing of this episode, uh, just last week it was released on the Criterion Collection. Uh, my first choice is uh, Martin Scorsese's After Hours, um, which came out in 1985, uh, stars Griffin Dune and or Griffin Dunn. 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 I, I, sorry. When you said Dune, I was like, have I been mispronouncing his name for all these <laughs> years? Like, sorry. Yeah. I don't want to correct you two. I'm like, well, they probably no. know. <laughs> I mean, I just found out I was mispronouncing one of my friend's names for years, so... <laughs> It could be Dune. I don't know. <laughs> Unrelated. Well, I was at that horrible. Maybe I'm just it. thinking of Dune. You guys, <laughs> you guys know the car like a Hyundai, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Two times in the last two weeks, I've heard someone call it a Hyundai. <laughs> and the first time, I berated him because I was certain he was wrong. The yeah. second time, I was like, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Griffin Dune. <laughs> <laughs> it's Griffin Dune. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, it, the reason why I 
I picked this one is because of the of the Martin Scorsese, uh, you know, classics, like, you know, Raging Bull, Taxi Driver. This one's probably talked about one of the the least. Um, and also, this was maybe the height of his uh, cocaine use era. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, it, it's do you, a, a, do really... you have a chart for that? <laughs> Peak, uh, you know, usage versus box office. <laughs> I mean, if it was Stephen uh, King, you know, it was when he did Maximum Overdrive. Right. Because oh, if you watch the so trailer good. for Maximum Overdrive, where it's just like a kind of a, the trailer a very hyper. Yeah, I was on it's cocaine. like, yeah, he was like very crazy talking at the camera. Anyway, sorry. Martin Scorsese after uh, hours. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, a, a really, I, I think it's it's kind of one of these, it, it's almost like a a Wizard of Oz type, uh, Alice in Wonderland type story where this, you know, he's on this journey that he's trying to get, you know, the keys to um, his apartment and everything. And it just, every, every person that he runs into is a mess or yeah. everything, you know, leads him to this, this wild and crazy night. And it's just one of those movies that um, I think is super fun and i wish was maybe talked about more in his canon where you know i mean we're always going to talk about goodfellas we're always going to talk about you know i mean all the all his great films but this one i think is really a lot of fun i it's been years since i've seen that and that, that was one i watched one time i remember liking it but it's been a long time since I've seen it. That's one I'm gonna have to rewatch, and now I will, thanks to you. Yeah, Look and it's you. on Criterion now. They they did a really good job. Uh, lots of special features and everything. A really cool cover as well. I'm never gonna refer to Griffin Dunn as Griffin Dunn again either. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna say it in mixed company just yeah. to see if I fuck other people up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you might. Hmm. Uh, no, never it, it's Griffin it's anymore. a. I actually I think I rewatched it during the pandemic. And I had only seen it, I think, like you maybe once before. And it still isn't one of my favorite of his movies. Yeah. But should we awkwardly transition into the first on my list? Because it's the only transition. It's also also a Martin Scorsese movie that I think is unappreciated, which is Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. Yes. And and I feel like there's like like the least Martin Scorsese feeling movie that he's probably made. I feel like maybe Hugo is also not very Martin Scorsese feeling. But I think it's such a beautiful, wonderful movie. And as far as I know, the only one of his movies that was adapted into a sitcom, so uh, the old oh Alice, yeah, the old sitcom, yeah. and there's shots from the opening time when you watch the sitcom Alice. There's like opening shots of like them, her Ellen Burstyn driving the car. Like, well, I don't know if you can see her in it, but you see the car. Yeah, like, and uh, yeah, it's just really good. And aside from Harvey Keitel being in it, it doesn't feel at all like a Martin Scorsese movie. <laughs> that is truly the yeah. only thing of that movie that even mm-hmm. reminds me because right. the first time I saw it, it was years later. I'm like. That's a Scorsese yeah, movie. Yeah, it doesn't at all. There's like one. Like, there's one know. sort of like stylistic kind of camera, like uh, you know, three sixty kind of shot in a, yeah. in a bar scene that was like, oh, there you can kind of see some elements of like his aesthetic a little bit. But the rest of the movie, I mean, it it takes place in you know Phoenix, Arizona, and, or Tucson. I think it's mostly in Tucson. Yeah. But either way, like a sunny desert kind of area, not exactly you know gritty New York City for uh, Scorsese. So it was. Uh, I love that movie though. I've I've watched it's that so one. Yeah. Probably it's probably the Scorsese movie I might have even seen the most. Wow. That and Taxi Driver are probably the two that I've seen the most. That's yeah, cool. that's a really mm-hmm. good that's a really good pick. Yeah. I think I think that one's a really good pick because of that. I bet even people that have seen it probably still you, you could yeah. tell them you would surprise if five people have seen that movie you'd surprise two of them that it's a Scorsese right. movie. Right. People don't remember They'd that. Be like that. Yeah. Yeah. Not only just be like if I were to show you like another Scorsese movie any other you'd be like 
you would even guess it yeah. sometimes just by the way. After if you've seen Goodfellas anything after that, you're like, that makes sense. Okay, and, I can see it. And he's only done a few comedies, like Alice Doesn't Live Here is I mean, it's a drama too, but it's yeah, yeah, comedy. It's, yeah. And after hours, of course, and you know, King of uh King of Comedy. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you want to call that a comedy. Yeah. I don't know. I mean it's so that almost made my list. Yeah, that's that's a that's a an odd one. Yeah. But I like it's it. Very yeah. <laughs> I like more the I say I'm not I uh not the hugest fan of Goodfellas. I think Plus, it also has there's the Lorraine Bracco factor for that movie for me, and I have an, a strong allergic reaction to Lorraine Bracco, so I have a hard time getting past her. And uh, so every time people talk about Goodfellas, I'm like, eh, yeah. yeah. I just think he's done other better films. Mean Streets is much better in my opinion. Mean Streets is fantastic. Mean Streets yes. is fantastic. And yeah. Alice doesn't live here anymore is better. Uh, I well, this is the first I didn't know about anyone having just like an, an actual allergic reaction to learning oh about. yeah no it's it's been diagnosed by uh, by the cleveland clinic's uh, allergy department nearly yeah. two americans uh, a year yeah, yeah it's <laughs> i was i talked to someone about being the poster child for the uh for the telethon just to make it yeah. more uh-huh. so, so people can finally just come out and yeah, say and, uh, i am also impacted by this by this yeah affected my life in the following ways yeah it's i mean and actually i didn't know that it was as bad as it was until i saw medicine man which is a movie that thankfully is not underrated because it is terrible and everybody should avoid that <laughs> sean movie. Connery one, yeah right? the sean connery lorraine Bracco posing sexily on a rock in that movie it is just it's the stuff of nightmares don't watch that movie yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. finding the cure for cancer, and of course, it's ants in the middle of the de- in the middle of the jungle. Yeah. I found the cure for the plague of the 20th century, and I've lost it. Yeah. Ugh. Sometimes, I feel like he just had debts to pay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He would be in a movie. I'd be like, "You owed someone yeah. big." It was, it was a bad, no, a bad after movie. After the slapping video, it makes sense. There's yeah. probably a lot of videos. Like that. Um. Okay. Well, what, what a... Scorsese movies on your list? Then? Zero. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, he may have. I don't know. I didn't dig that. Deep. <laughs> oh, let's see. Like again, I'm just like these are cool movies. <laughs> um. So my first one, and it's one that I have seen a lot. Um. It's called Cheap Thrills. Oh yeah, it, I love Cheap Thrills. It's a great movie. It's mm-hmm. a, a, and I remember it for a couple of things. I remember for because I can't really see Ethan Embry past. <laughs> Can't hardly wait, and I remember all of his movies from when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And then he just grew up into adult that I just, for whatever reason, not a fan of. Yeah. And I've never met him personally, and I have no. But every time he's on screen, I'm like, nah, no, nah, fuck no, no thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this one worked for me, and then obviously David Koechner, who yeah. kind of, I mean, he obviously the movie has a real comedic turn for sure, but it's right. a super dark comedy, it's very yeah. dark, and that the kind of thing that Koechner can do, mm-hmm. and he can do. Arguably better than most people out there. Yeah. Like he's an underrated guy. But if anyone doesn't know, so cheap thrills. Not to give anything away or anything like that, because I do want people to watch it. And this has a has a real element of surprise. And that, that's mm-hmm. a lot of movies like that really kind of draw me in. Where I'm still just where it's not just straightforward. Even when that is kind of straightforward, and I kind of see where it's going. It still turns and fucks me up right. a little bit. Yeah. And so essentially, uh, I do not even remember the name of the main character. I don't remember the character. His, well, his actual oh, name. The, oh, the the, um, the actor. Oh. Yeah, the, the blonde comedian guy. Uh, yes, he's yes. been in a ton. Yeah. Now he, I'm blanking. Yeah. It'll I'll blurt it out like a Tourette syndrome person. Yeah, in a little he was bit. in. Yeah, he's probably been in an episode of Gilmore Girls and all this. <laughs> you know the dude, mm-hmm. but you don't know his name. Yeah. But it's basically these two friends who are kind of hard up for money, and it really kind of. I, I liked it because it really started making me think, what would I do if mm-hmm. I was hard up for money, and. They come across Kechner, who's essentially offering them incre- small and then slowly increasingly, you know, 
sums of money to basically just do dares. And the dares start kind of funny, then they get really dark, and then they get super fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't, again, don't want to give it away, but I highly recommend this. This was a very low budget movie. Um, yeah, we but, we played it at the at the Cedar Lee, I think, or the Capitol for like yeah. a like a midnight. It was I I yeah. see midnight or Magnolia released it. I can't remember, yeah. but yeah, we yeah. we played it. It's it's a it's it's one of those that, and then I again I've watched it several times, even though I don't have the the surprise and kind of like discovery factor in it. But it's one that I have always loved, and if anyone ever asks me what should I watch, I'll that's usually one of the the the, the tops that I have. And if you want something kind of weird and different, and that's really going to kind of throw you for a loop and and just unique, I would one hundred percent recommend Cheap Thrills. I don't know the year of the director or any of the things that you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably at least fifteen years. Yeah, ago, twenty. Now. I think it's like early thirteen. Yeah, twenty thirteen. Something yeah. like that. Shit, I think it is like around twenty twelve, yeah. twenty thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember. I think I have the poster for it. Actually, I think I see. I like that movie enough that I actually saved the poster. For yeah, because he like has like a missing tooth, and yeah. it's like. Bl- mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, just I love, love a yeah. good like dark comedy like that, and uh, that's right up my alley. I like a good, yeah, obviously a dark comedy, but one that kind of really makes you like the 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 thing that always interests me about zombie movies and zombie shows is not the zombies it's what the people that are still alive turn into and what they're mm-hmm. willing to do to survive or to get by right. and i think that there's an element of that in that movie and that's without why any like, zombies there zero. are no zombies in this thing. well yeah. i don't want to give it away <laughs> that's true we should like plant the seeds see. and everything and people will watch the movie and they'll be like expecting things yeah. like if you reference like they'll be like well, i thought there were zombies in this <laughs> movie. Yeah. and then yeah. the weird gremlins crossover <laughs> yeah. where gizmo just shows up yeah <laughs> gizmo's fucked up in this bar uh-huh. <laughs> We finally got Gremlins 3. There you go. <laughs> On its way. Mm-hmm. All right. That was my first. Go ahead, Mike. You're All up. right. So this one, uh, it's going to probably sound a little more mainstream than some of the other ones that I that I have, but um, it's uh, Some Kind of Wonderful from 1987. Oh. Hmm. And um, part of that is um, this is, you know, of course, a John Hughes production. So um, this was after... Uh, Pretty in Pink, um, I think after Ferris Bueller. And this one, I think uh, what makes it stand out is just the performances from like Eric Stoltz and Mary Stuart Masterson, who um, though like she was tomboy, it's like when I watched that, I was like, oh, I immediately have a crush on this one. <laughs> oh, you know, I did too. Uh, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> yeah. Just give it, give it time. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's like a cold I don't know. You'll come it, around. It, oh, yeah? Is that what happens? All right. So but, this is just a phase? A yeah. very long phase? Yeah. yeah. Oh. You won't be vegan after this either. I just, right? oh, my God. Yeah, after this podcast, I suddenly wanted to eat a hamburger and make <laughs> out with, a, with a lady. You're going to be door dashing wings <laughs> here. It yeah. Oh, nothing's more ni- more. <laughs> disgusting (laughs) but uh but also of course leah thompson's uh beautiful in it and uh also i i really like the performance from um i'm gonna butcher his exactly yes uh who plays kind of like a he's almost like a skinhead or something but he's like a nice skinhead (laughs) i didn't i also struggled with that later on when i went back and watched it i haven't seen that movie in like i don't even know 30 years more i don't know (laughs) there yeah the best yeah he has the best scene 
it's it's when the principal uh, busts him in the beginning of the movie, and the principal somehow just keeps pulling shit out of his pockets. Yeah. First he pulls out cigarettes. He goes, "Those aren't mine." Yeah. And then he pulls out a bottle of bourbon. He's like, "That's for show." <laughs> and then he pulls out a deck of cards with naked ladies on them, and he's like, "Those were a gift from your wife." <laughs> like in that whole scene, I was like, "I want to follow that guy." Uh, yeah. But yeah, it, it's almost a lot of people kind of consider it just a remake of. Pretty in pink, yeah, which it's like came a out gender swap, right? Pink. Yeah, but I feel that it is a it's a more superior film, um, and I think it's a more serious movie, as I remember. It, it yeah. is, it is, and I think uh, it's of those a lot of those movies which were kind of in that era were probably going towards more like sex comedies. This was like I don't know. It's it's the one that I kind of return to most. Yeah, gotcha. Hmm. So interesting. Some kind of wonderful. I don't know if he was. A, I I didn't think I didn't put no, the skinhead thing together. Probably until not. Later. I mean, he's probably just a punk. I think they're just like in the eighties. They're like, how can we make him look bad? Oh, shave his head. No one shaved their head in the eighties. Right. That means he's bad. Yeah. All right. Good. I like that one. Um. Well, my next one will will take a big departure, and it's a movie that was a flop and didn't get like the worst reviews. But it's a movie that I've watched like I don't even know at least a dozen times because it's a go to kind of fun anytime i need a movie as i always say like with explosions uh i watch shoot 'em up the uh, yes. clive owen uh movie with monica bellucci yes. uh i love shoot 'em up that is and such a great movie i don't yes. know why more people don't embrace just the kind of live action cartoon nature of it i mean like they, he's literally walking around just eating carrots through the whole movie i mean <laughs> he is like bugs bunny with a gun but it is just it's insane the movie is just bonkers fun and I love the weird kind of filthy elements with the, uh, you know, the, the, you know, lactating prostitute angle and stuff. It's just, it's a fun movie. Yeah. Man. I think that one seems to be forgotten. You it's know? totally forgotten. Like, because it's yeah. never. You never see it even on, like, the streaming on things. TV. I'm never, like, yeah. scrolling through and being like, oh, they have shoot 'em up on here now. I can't even think I of I feel like time. Clive Owen's been actively yeah. trying to get, like, just he's, like, blocking <laughs> it. There's, like, injunction after injunction. on He shouldn't because it's some of his greatest work. And Paul Giamatti is so amazing in that movie. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Yes. I'm glad I'm glad I own the Blu-ray so I can watch it anytime yes. I want. That's a, as long as there's a Blu-ray player in the TV. That's going to be a sure rewatch cuz I I've, yeah. I've seen some kind of wonderful so many times. Yeah. That's going to be a rewatch for me because the yeah. carrot thing alone. Yeah, it is so good. Yeah. yeah. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Mhm. That's a good no, one. I almost forgot about that movie, I, honestly. Isn't that the point of the show? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm thank, sorry. Did thank I? You, Dave. Yeah. All right. There you go. Was that the, the, the I, movie tag? I was worried I misunderstood the assignment. <laughs> the movie. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. You forgot about it. Yeah. yeah. There you go. No. I also got uh, that mixed up with the Mark Wahlberg just as the title shooter. Yeah. Or yeah. 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 I was just like, it's like they went through the, the entire process of making the movie, and mm-hmm. then there's like, fuck, what are we gonna call this thing? <laughs> Wait. He's a shooter, shooter, right? Yeah, he's a shooter. Let's shoot yeah. him. Yeah. It's a Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> mm-hmm. They'll see it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. But it's uh, it's no shoot him up. No, it's no sure. shoot him up. Yeah. Shoot him up is just literal nonstop action and it's just ridiculous entertainment. Ugh. Yeah. That's a tough one to follow. All right. But I am going to end it with, uh, I'm going to follow it with, uh, this is truly like a favorite of mine, uh, is uh, Clay Pigeons. Mm. Oh, all right. Clay Pigeons is for anyone, it's uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Before he was Joaquin Phoenix, really, uh, Vince Vaughn kind of, at least I know he did like Psycho, and, but kind of a more of a departure from mm-hmm. the stuff that he was initially known for, like Swingers and the comedies like that, and uh, and he's fantastic in it. He's really yeah. really good, and Janine Garofalo, who I've always really really liked, and 
I don't know his name, but it's uh, the lawyer from Seinfeld that always represents Kramer. It's her. Mm. It's Janine Garofalo's partner. Hmm. Uh, I don't know his name, um, nor should I, because no. uh, he's not the focus of the movie. Yeah. No one saw this movie and's like, you know, it was great. The lawyer who's a cop, but I don't know his name. <laughs> but it's a, it's a real, it's like a, it's a also a dark comedy, funny serial killer. Again, mm-hmm. not trying to give anything away, and just the conversations and the dialogue between. Vince Vaughn's character and anyone that encounters him is brilliant. Plus, he drops a C-bomb, which I didn't see coming. And I'm like, we don't use that enough in the U.S. And it never caught on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But that is one I really, I really like that one a lot. Mm. It has almost like a comedic Silence of the Lambs vibe to it. I don't know why I've always just really dug and, and been drawn to that movie a lot. And uh, that's one I recommend. I don't know the director of the year. Uh, I I can't remember who directed that either. Yeah, I, but it's, I don't know who like, directed it. It's only it's way. only uh, I've only seen that movie once, and I have vague memories of it. The yeah. the thing about you have to understand, and Mike can probably relate to this. I you know especially when I was working for Cleveland Cinemas, I would watch literally over four hundred movies a year, yeah. um, because it was my technically my job sometimes i'd have to like watch two or three movies in a day to just kind of you know select things and then i'm just watching movies that i wanted to watch so a lot of movies just have kind of like blurred into one giant movie to me and i can't really distinguish that one right now but i don't remember hating it so so it didn't leave any bad impressions with me so i will revisit that one the cool thing used to be when dave would get movies like months in advance like and he would invite us to come over and watch the dvd screener and stuff Mm -hmm. it was it was like being asked to, uh, you know, visit Santa Claus's shop or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I miss some of the perks of my old job, yeah. although I still have some of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Until they, like, reach out and be like, great news, guys. I got a, 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 an early version of Booty Call 2. Well, people, <laughs> legitimately, people will still, like, text me and they'll be like, hey, uh, it's usually about a horror movie, and they'll be like, "Hey, this whatever horror movie is coming out, uh, just you know, in case you get a screener or something, or you know, they want to just glom on to uh, the early access." And and sometimes I can still email them and ask, like, "Hey, do you have a screener for this?" Yeah. And they'll send me the a check-in line. friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like check-in with yeah. Some may have come up with him. We haven't yeah. talked to him in a while. He might have something cool for us. <laughs> All right, um, round three. Okay, so this one is maybe a little more obscure, but it came out in the last 15 years or so. It's called The Lookout. Um, it has Joseph Gordon-Lovett. And, oh, um, I remember. It's a, uh, it also has Jeff Daniels. Um, now, I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't seen it in quite a while, uh, but it's one of those movies that also just nobody really talks about. So I don't remember all of the plot, but I just remember that he has... Uh, he kind of struggles with his memory, so he's like writing all these things down, and it basically um, he gets asked to steal uh, this car, and it leads him down this this path of like kind of like self destruction. And I thought it was really cool uh, when it came out, but it was one of those movies that came and went like on a blip. But I do. I do still own it on DVD, and I should have rewatched it for this episode. I apologize <laughs> because I'm not really selling it super well, but it's a really cool movie if you can find it. The Lookout. I feel like I remember the trailer. I never saw the movie. Yeah, I didn't see the movie either. Yeah. So I guess that's how underrated it is. Only one out of three of us have seen it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the first. All the other, every other one so far, we've all have seen. Yes. 
So look at you here. Is this like, oh, I think I'll stump everybody with my next one then. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't I didn't mean to stump. I just I just I, I thought mean, about doing that where I would just make up a movie that yeah. didn't really Oh yeah, happen. and just pretend just to mess with you guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then see which one of us wanted to be which like one of you faked it. Yeah, yeah. Fake, oh yeah. That was I had a I had a friend that was like that with bands. He always wanted to be like that he always knew whatever cool band. So you could like make up a band and he'd be like, Oh yeah, I think I heard them. It's like you heard their own plug version yeah. of yeah. yeah, no, they <laughs> yeah, don't I exist. I thought it would be funny, but then I was like, "What if one of them said, yeah, I remember that'?'" And then I'd be like, "Would that be a bad host if I cornered somebody into a lie and then called them on it?" Be a fraud. There, what you have there is another episode idea. <laughs> just keep lying. I mean, no, just like have one of them buried in there. It's like you know, it's like five truths and a lie. Oh, I so, should do that yeah. next time. <laughs> And just invite one person that it's very clear I don't really like that much. Mm, and then I'm like okay it. with exposing yeah. and then end it right there. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, the one that, I, that I'm sure probably you guys have not seen, but I'll be delighted if you have. Uh, it's a movie from 1967 called Fitzwilly. Starring, uh, yep. They're, 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 uh, nothing will. is better. Nothing free is better on a podcast than responding by shaking your head. That <laughs> really translates on a podcast. Um, by the time I get to episode three hundred, I'll, I'll understand this is an audio. <laughs> but movie. I just like you yes. both simultaneously just shook your heads like no. Nope. Uh, Fitzwilly. It stars uh, Dick Van Dyke and Barbara Feldon from uh, TV's Get Smart. And it was by uh, Delbert Mann, who won an Oscar for Marty. It's a great director. And it is a lost Christmas classic. It is a movie that I watch pretty much every year around Christmas. I own the soundtrack to it, even though the music's not especially memorable. I have the poster for it just because I wanted to fully embrace Fitzwilly. Uh, so much so that, uh, and I've sort of made it my mission to make sure as many people see this movie as possible. Uh, and when I was when I was programming things for the Cedar Lee, and we had the Marquee Club, and we would do we did like a holiday screening like every year, like a free thing for members. And the one year I booked Fitzwillie, and it was like I'm sure we were the first place in the, and it was back when it was still 35 millimeter prints, and so the studio had to like ship the, I think it was MGM maybe, had to ship the print and uh, get it out of some archive, God knows where. <laughs> they shipped the print, and thankfully Aaron Spears, who you know very well, oh, yes. of course, Mike, uh, Aaron Spears, luckily at the Cedar Lee at the time noticed uh this is, appears to be like the french canadian print <laughs> it was either all in french or it had subtitles on it or something so they had sent the wrong print and they had to send us the right english uh, the, the full american version but it's a really charming movie it's about uh, an eccentric woman who used to be rich who no longer is rich and dick van dyke plays the butler who the entire household staff is trying to keep her uh because they love her so much they want to keep her living in the manner that she's used to by like running interference and stopping every time she writes like a $25,000 check to a charity, they run and get the check to <laughs> rip it up. And, uh, but then they also run a criminal enterprise to like supplement, you know, to keep her living the way she does. And it culminates in this great kind of heist on Christmas Eve at like Macy's or something like that. It's just a really fun little movie. I enjoy it a lot. I highly Sounds recommend great. it. Mm-hmm. That's Turner Classic shows it usually every year, so it still it still does play a little bit. But. Were they excited the fact that you had been the first person to book that for? A year? Well, this is how obscure that movie is. Apparently, John Ewing I think came to that, and he was like, "I have never heard of this." <laughs> so, if John Ewing of the Cinematheque yeah. was like wow. impressed that I had like dusted off something that he wasn't aware of, 
I yeah. was like, yeah, he was not familiar with it. Like so. request the movie and they responded back like, I like, think you typed uh, this wrong. Well, <laughs> no one's asked for this ever. It's it's happened before. Like there was another time I uh, well, what was it? It was a it was a 3D movie. Oh, th- the 3D print when we were still able to show 35 millimeter 3D movies at the Cedar Lee, and I wanted to show that terrible terrible uh, early Demi Moore movie Parasite, uh, <laughs> yeah. which is awful from 1983 I think, and uh, that was another one they had to like go into like God knows where to like get this out of storage that no one had asked for that for you know probably since 1983 i don't even know what that is oh it's, i love it when oh, there are yeah. two movies with the same name and one uh-huh. is amazing one's, one's a masterpiece and one's terrible <laughs> i showed parasite the 3d version at uh for 12 hours of terror they put it out on uh there's a, a, a digital 3d print of it now so i played it at the 12 hours of terror a few years ago and it has not aged well. But oh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah it, it's not a good movie, but it's fun. It's yeah, like this, kind of fun bad. The special effects were yeah, so, yeah. It's so some bad. of those, but those are some I really well. That's what I've done with Laura a couple times. Is those yeah. uh, those movies that are such trash, but mm-hmm. man, you revisit those later and you're like, this is brilliant. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on the director's name, but he also directed Taurus Trap. And he used the exact same kill in Parasite as he does in, in Taurus Trap, which is like someone gets like a pipe through them, and yeah. then you see like the blood come running out through the pipe. But of course, in Parasite, it's 3D, which is probably why he decided to like, hey, I'm gonna bring that kill back, yeah, because it'll be cool to watch the blood coming out of the pipe. Hey, and that's also that's something that we just really like doing back in the day because I can think of two movies right now where a pipe also went through somebody, and that's how they were killed. Yeah, in Commando, Arnold Schwarzenegger oh, classic. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's how we killed yeah. Bennett. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let off some steam, mm-hmm. Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone well, just saw it, that and was just like, this works. We can put this in. It's actually one of my greatest fears. Anytime I'm driving down the highway and I get behind like one of those trucks that has those big like industrial pipes behind it, yeah. I, I live in constant fear of that. <laughs> like that is, I'm positive that's how I'll die. And if that does happen, at least we'll have a clip to play. You know, at my memorial, oh, we'll it's like Dave knew. Episode. We'll do a yeah, tribute. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Mm-hmm. In Thousand, memoriam. Already. Five funniest ways to die. <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I already forgot. Was it? Are we on three? Uh, yeah. Well, okay. I, yeah. I just did yeah, my third. Okay. I just did Fitzwilly. Fitzwilly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I went comedy for this one because I really love this movie, and it's got it. The movie is called Safe Men. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. I'm yeah. you know, not surprising you two know this movie. <laughs> but if anyone doesn't watch this, this is Steve Zahn, who I've always thought was very, very funny in comedic roles. He's love really, Steve really Zahn. good. Um. If you're not watching uh, Righteous Gemstones on HBO, it's so good. he's on this season, and he's fantastic. We're waiting for it all to come out oh, before we start watching it. Really we're, we're dying for he's that last jo- one to come out. He's joined the cast, and it's very good. <laughs> it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Everything he's in is funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it has Mark Ruffalo before Mark Ruffalo was Mark Ruffalo. And it, uh, the, the movie is based on these two, you know, these two singers, two very bad lounge singers, essentially. And they want to that... Uh, um, they have this uh, this tradition after their one of their gigs, if you want to call it, where they go and they order a slow gin fizz, mm-hmm. which just happens to be the same drink that two bank uh, safe crackers also do to celebrate uh, cracking a safe. And they get mixed up and confused with them. Mm-hmm. And these two men, uh, Steve Zahn and, oh, Christ, I forgot his name. Is it, uh, is it Paul Giamatti? No, no, or? he is in that. Paul Giamatti yeah. is in that. But he, oh, it's Steve Zahn's partner. You know, ah, I know his face, and I can't think of his name. I just blanked on it. Either I'm, way, I'm blanking on it as well. Yeah, it's Ugh, a movie it's I've been only seen once, and it's been a long time. Oh, so yeah, I've yeah. seen that yeah. one thirty times because it's fun. Yeah, there are so many funny lines in this movie, but they essentially just 
pretend to be safe crackers uh, because they, one, don't want to be killed by the guy that's holding them ransom to actually do this. And because Steve Zahn's partner is also really in to the daughter of the mob boss that is trying to frame them. And uh, it's a really, 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 really low-key, dry, funny movie. And one of the things that I remember about it was they were uh, – Mark Ruffalo was absurdly weird. Sam Rockwell. <laughs> Sam Rockwell. That's it. Yes. And Sam Rockwell and Steve Zahn, are, they're, they're these partners. And I remember after the, the, the first attempt where they're being framed to be uh, these safecrackers, um, Sam Rockwell has it in his mind where he is going to just go to a gift shop and he's going to buy this gangster mm-hmm. like a gift basket to kind of, you know, hey, all's forgiven. We're not going to do it, but here's this gift basket. And Steve Zahn is like, this is the mob. You don't just give them a teddy bear and they're okay. And Rockwell's response was, this is the Jewish mob. I'm sure it's like a, more like a club than an actual mob. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole movie is just, those are the discussions that they're having throughout the whole movie. It's a real, if you like Steve Zahn, if you like like that type of humor, really kind of dry and kind of quick witted mm. and, and just awkward, cringy moments where they say things because they don't know what else to say. And it comes out hilarious. I highly recommend watching safe men. It's a great, great movie. Mm. I will rewatch that one. Yeah. No, I, I, I might have it on DVD, but I, I have only watched it once for some reason, but you liked it enough to buy it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had did you on. shoplift it. Uh, it might've just been that he like a, it. it might've been like a exchange buy. Mm. Like, a, Oh, it's two bucks. Okay. <laughs> Throw it in the pot. I would have paid nearly double for it. <laughs> yeah, that's one that I've. That I used to have that on DVD, and then I, I held on to DVDs up for a really long time because I had so many of them and CDs. Yeah. And then my wife was like, "This is getting you got to stop." <laughs> and um, but I didn't. I don't mind the, the 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 CDs. I wish I hadn't let go of the DVDs though. I do like those. Is it time for me to get rid of my Laserdiscs? Not at all. Because I haven't got rid of anything. (laughs) Nor should you. Although, tragically, most of my VHS tapes got ruined. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Do you still have a VHS player? Yes. Anything except for beta, I can watch in my house. And including international, I have, uh, yeah, the ability to watch everything from around the world. How do you, I mean, at this point, just because, like, I mean, you just have to constantly clean the machine. How often do you use them? I haven't used, well, when did we watch the, well, my uh, best friend, Matt, is a huge VHS guy. So we actually probably have watched more VHS more recently than most people <laughs> in, in, in the normal world would have. Um, but I haven't watched a Laserdisc for a while, though I did yell at my cat last night because I thought he was about to start chewing on the corner of uh, <laughs> the uh, Empire Strikes Back Laserdisc that I had sitting out for some reason. I don't know hey, why. Th- look, any relationship, yeah. marriage, cat mm-hmm. it's all about establishing dominance and yeah. every day is mm-hmm. a new fight so <laughs> i quite frankly i don't even know your cat side of the story and i don't care i'm with you yeah i appreciate that <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. a quick sidebar um you know laura who's been on on your show a couple times it was her birthday so i went over to carino's video with the intention to buy because they have this whole vhs wall stuff and i picked out I, i'm sure she already has it but i just found like there was a nice looking copy of Roadhouse and the woman at the counter started to like, you know, they, they do this thing where they, you know, they put in the rewinder and everything. And she was just like, oh, this one's got mold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm not selling it to yeah. you. I was like, oh, damn it. Because <laughs> it looked like it was a nice shape. Like the box yeah. looked in nice shape. But That's what used, happened to all my yeah. tapes. So That's I used to have avoided a, the mold. Mm-hmm. So. Good job, Laura. <laughs> So lucky. There's mold in Laura's house. <laughs> she has well, because she just has not because she's gross, but, but she she like has so many just kind of old antiquey vintagey mm-hmm. things. I'm sure she's purchased something that's gone bad because that's just the Probably. way it is. 
I used to have a uh, in my house growing up. We had it was a car that would turn into a tape rewinder. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you would just hit. And it was it was like probably like a DeLorean or some shit mm. like that, or like a, whatever they <laughs> yeah. had in Miami Vice. And you would just click that up, and it would shoot up. And you stick the tape in there. It didn't rewind it faster at all. In fact, I think it was slower. <laughs> but everyone had one of those because like use the tape rewinder, like not the not the yeah, actual VHS. Like mm-hmm. no, 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 no. no. We bought that for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we had. I missed that. Those are the things I remember from childhood. Yeah. Is, is a little shit like that. There may be a VHS rewinder at my house. Really? Yeah. When, <laughs> if you find it, just Oh, no, I know. I don't need to find it. I'm, it's here. Oh, it's so there. you're sure, pretending yeah. it might be, but you know that sure it's, it's there. right by But that's where... only because Matt, I think, brought one over because he <laughs> insisted that I didn't man, rewind it. Matt guy's enough. getting some yeah. time, huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> He's a piece of work. Yeah. Matt, He'd be Mike a good knows him guess. very well. I think he would be a good guest. Uh, we'll bring him in for you. round two, and <laughs> yeah. I'll try to trap him with a lie movie. <laughs> Them together is like listening to a comedy duo, you know? Like... They just or an old couple couple bickering exactly yeah exactly well, I mean tomato tomato yeah, you know? yeah. I mean yeah. I could listen to old people bitch about shit all day <laughs> <laughs> it's the best <laughs> all right four to you okay so this one is one I've only seen once I, I will have to preface but I remember just being kind of blown away it it was shown at the Cinematheque um it's william freakin's sorcerer that came out in 1977 it's fantastic um it is a movie that has roy scheider and it is this kind of a adventure movie but uh, it's about four guys who are trying to get this nitroglycerin uh through the jungle Mm -hmm. in uh in south america and there is this scene that takes place on a bridge with a an oversized vehicle that is so tense that yeah. it's just so it's so exciting um but it, it's one of those movies that to me seems like has been almost yeah largely forgotten yeah i agree it's, um, a, it's an underseen classic movie for sure yeah and it, it's uh you know i mean he had he had such a great 70s with french connection and exorcist but that one just seems to be that one that's kind of forgotten but i highly suggest it if you can um i don't know if it's you know, I think it's on one of the streaming things because I literally was like scrolling past and it might even be on Tubi or something like okay, that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Sorcerer. I haven't watched that I since recently, probably that same screening at the cinema. Yeah. I have recently been getting into, uh, downloaded Tubi a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And there are some gems on there. Oh, there's some amazing there, things the, on that's there. That's one where like if mm-hmm. we're just kind of flipping through and I can't find anything, I'm like, I haven't checked Tubi yeah. in a while. I bet there's something on there that I've probably seen that I would not mind seeing again. Yeah. Yeah. And that always has good ones on there. Great and genre movies. Yes. Yeah, they have yeah, a lot yeah, yeah. of and they have a lot of like fun, yeah. really fun, bad, good bad movies on there. Yeah. Like you can do the one two punch of Killer Crocodile one and oh, two. So good. <laughs> Those are just amazing. I, I'm a huge fan of animal attack movies. I am too. <laughs> yeah. I love the I love the, mm-hmm. the those crocodile movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love uh, the the Jaws knockoff Orca. It's it's oh, hilarious. Yes. Yeah. yeah, with Richard it's Harris. So right, Richard Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would, yeah. 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 It's one of those yeah. where you're like, how'd they get yeah. you? Yeah. What'd they do to you, Richard? It's, it's and then the, I feel like after that movie, he sat down. and He's like, I have to make some changes. It's <laughs> <laughs> just. I feel like I'm better than this movie. And you are, Richard. Or you were. He's gone now. I mean, have me back on if you'd like to do a whole uh, episode just on, like, Jaws knockoff movies. I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Oh, I I, I, I I've even thought about that, like, knockoff movies. Actually, Orca, Mac, Mac and Me. Yeah. I mean, I, some of, when Mac and Me came out, even as a kid, oh. I was like, fuck off. Mac, Mac and Me is staggering to watch. I mean, it is... 
unfathomable that that movie exists. I could yeah. do an entire episode if so, if of just replaying what I think that pitch meeting and discussion <laughs> were, where someone's just like just looks at their friend who's not high enough on the ladder to say something and just looks over and is like, Mike, this is ET again, right? Yeah. But it's just ET. But it's a McDonald's. But we can make a McDonald's commercial yeah. out of it. So yeah, yeah. It's all yeah. It is. Was that ever shown at the late shifts? Scene? No. I oh, never okay. Did. Yeah. Uh, it, it was this it was my old assistant, Andrew, that used to work with me. He was obsessed with Mac and me. And was I was very close to playing it, but I was like, I don't know, are people gonna come? Like, I don't know. Like, oh it's my just, god. Those kind of movies, like as much as I enjoy it. Then I also when I really love a movie a lot and then I finally play it and then no one comes i take it very personally yeah. not that i love mac and me but it would have been you know would have been it's certainly as fun bad as like trolls too oh, you know yeah, what i mean yeah. like yeah. so i just don't know why there's kind of you know but it's that, kind of arbitrary which ones kind of get the followings and that's which ones one don't. yeah it is weird yeah but that's one that yeah like years later and i went back and i was just like i mean this movie is brilliant yeah. borderline brilliant <laughs> right I mean, now it just needed some time to marinate. At but the then, time, everyone was like, that was dumb. A couple years ago, uh, AGFA, the good people at the America's Genre Film Archive, uh, tried to convince everybody to re-embrace uh, Tammy and the T-Rex, which, <laughs> which is not good. I mean, like, it's not fun. It's like there's nothing worse than like a unfunny comedy, and that's kind of what that is. And it's just I couldn't even get through it. And they wanted us to play it. They actually were trying to get me to play it for a lot of horror festivals were playing it. And they're like, you should play for 12 Hours of Terror, Dave. I'm like, no, it's not. It's not right for an uh, all-night horror movie marathon. Well, that's, um, you know, and we'll pivot to that when we're done with all five of ours because mm-hmm. I do want to talk about some of those. Sure. Because there are, there are well, ones that, like, 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 the one that sticks out, I don't know why. Well, I know why because it's dog shit. It's uh, a <laughs> dude, where's my car? <laughs> where I'm just like I know what they were trying to do. Yeah. Here. They wanted yeah. to they, they wanted to have a fun stoner movie and that they, they, they were going to have things that kids were going to quote in high school and college when they were high. They just forgot that one component of it's not fucking fun right. at all. <laughs> but the thing is, people that saw it when they were of a certain age now they have nostalgia for it and they really like it. You know what yeah. I mean? So there's yeah, all no, kinds no, yeah. of movies that are just legitimately not good movies and i will always point to monster squad is the number one on the list oh, for me yeah. it's so good. oh see you say it's good because you saw it as a kid probably yes. and you have childhood nostalgia for it i did not see it when i was a kid i saw it oh, as hurts. like a 45 year old adult <laughs> or whenever it was when i finally saw it and i was flabbergasted <laughs> at what i was seeing like it is just <laughs> insanely terrible so if you take away take away your rose-colored glasses of childhood nostalgia and just watch that movie objectively, you'll be like, oh, this is a piece of shit. The amount of... Uh, it's you know what, Let's do our list, but we have to come back to Monster Squad. The <laughs> amount of shit I know about that movie is, uh, is terrifying. But, yeah, okay. it's, it's a bad, a bad movie. But I'll, I'll use uh, the, my reference to Tammy and the T-Rex to transition to my next movie <laughs> because uh, that starred Denise Richards, who is one of my personal obsessions. And uh, the Denise Richards movie that I do want to talk about is Drop Dead Gorgeous. <laughs> and that's a movie that was a critical flop, a box office flop, has developed a little bit of a cult following now, but it's certainly not like the cult movie that it should be, in my opinion. Yeah. I can't even tell you how many times I've watched Drop Dead Gorgeous. It's enough that I almost can quote it as, or like, say every line of dialogue as the movie plays. So it's been a lot. Um, and it's just amazingly entertaining to me. Uh, it's, you know, about uh, a small, like, I think it's Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin 
little beauty pageant, like a high school beauty pageant. Kirstie Alley uh, plays Denise Richards' mother, and uh, Kirsten Dunst is the young upstart who's going to, you know, steal the crown and uh, face face the wrath of, uh, you know, Kirstie Alley. So it's, it's just a, really fun. Insanely quotable, too. It is insanely quotable. Yeah, I love that movie. Have That's you seen a, it? Uh, once, a yeah. long time mm-hmm. ago. I, it, I, to me, it... I, there was another. I was I was joking as I was coming up with the list. It's like I had multiple movies that either had Alice Alice and Jannies in that. So I think I had like three different Alice and Janney movies on my list originally, and I also had like multiple Kirsten Dunst movies. I was like, <laughs> could these all just be like? Could I do like the top five overlook Kirsten Dunst movies? And uh, but that one to me is just really really holds up. And I've seen I think it so I watched it when it originally came out, mm-hmm. and I had the normal reaction of the fuck. Yeah, it's <laughs> I, it's just it's a very it's a weird movie. I mean, it's done in the mock, mock, you know, mockumentary style. This same guy who directed a lot of Reno 911s directed it. You know what I mean? Uh, he has, it's like Michael, or, uh, oh, uh, yeah. something, Michael Patrick Jan, I think is his name. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. But it's, uh, yeah, it's just really, and, and, uh, uh, what can I say his name? Uh, Thomas, uh, Lennon. Tom, yeah, Tom Lennon Tom, is like the, yeah. the narrator of the movie. So, like, if you're a fan of the state and if you're a fan of Reno 911, it's those people that are behind this movie. So it's got that yeah. twisted sense of humor to it that certainly not everybody clicks with. But well, I there's really a enjoy psychological it. aspect to a movie like that too, where I got the state and Reno 911 after because mm. I love the state and uh-huh. I love Reno 911. I think had I seen those first, had I come across those first uh-huh. and watch it later, I think I would I'd have seen Tom Lennon and been like. I think I kind of know what I'm in for. Right. But I think maybe I was taking it and I'm just like, fuck, this is terrible. <laughs> but I think when I see certain people, because like, there are times where I see certain people in a movie where I'm like, okay, I kind of know where this is going. And mm-hmm. it, it, and then when something silly happens, I'm like, well, yeah, but it's, you know, so-and-so. Yeah. Like, I think I understand it better. Um, and I think I might have appreciated that more had I well, re- seen that in a different order. Revisit it and see if you can uh, if you appreciate it more now. I probably mm-hmm. will. All right. <laughs> not a lie about it. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's okay. If you still don't age, like it doesn't it. matter. I, I still I, need approval. I also <laughs> think being gay really helps because to me, it's like a lot of it is the kind of you know, it's so over the top kind of like these broad female characters that are just kind of you know caricatures and just really plays on a lot of camp. But it's all yeah. it's all made by straight guys, so it's not like it's a gay <laughs> movie. But it just kind of has almost like a gay sensibility for it. Yeah, I need to rewatch that one. I do too. This is honestly, selfishly, this is a big reason why I did this because I wanted to find other movies. To watch. <laughs> I'm tired of watching the same twenty movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, my so my next one, and I don't even know if this is even an underrated. Cause it's from, it's got to be from the '80s or early '90s, and it still is one of my favorites that I don't think a lot of people know about, which is wild because there's so many people in this movie. It's uh, I love you to death. It was um, uh. Uh, Kevin Klein, mm. um, William Hurt, Keanu Reeves, yeah. River Phoenix. Yes, uh, not Keanu Reeves. Uh, uh, River Phoenix and uh, who, Tracy Ullman, who I think yeah. is so frighteningly underrated in terms of comedy. I think she's mm-hmm. so funny. She's great, and she's had a lot of stuff. She's still. I mean, she's been on. I think she was on the last season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Like I think all the funny people in the world know how funny she is, but she, I don't think, think still does not get enough credit for mm-hmm. how funny she is. But in I Love You to Death. Um, Kevin Klein is married to Tracy Ullman and he is a serial cheater. And Tracy Ullman is this, just this, you know, this just beautifully loyal, dedicated, and she just finally fucking snaps. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I want him dead. So she hires two incredibly inept yeah. 
in William Hurt and Keanu Reeves to actually do this murder. And it's just funny because they're such idiots. <laughs> and But it's like, she's like, I just have to hire from the neighborhood because I don't mm-hmm. have a lot of money, so I can't hire mm-hmm. a real hitman. So she just asks a friend to hire people that will actually do this, and they're morons. Mm-hmm. And the whole movie is just amazing. And I just, I've always thought it was funny every time it's on, because there's also this weird family moment that is such a family thing to happen. And I think it happens in certain families of certain cultural backgrounds. This one being Italian where they're at the dinner table, her, um, Kevin Klein's, he's also a very dedicated father, Mm -hmm. but he's just a shit husband. (laughs) And, uh, they're sitting there with their kids. One of their kids, I believe cuts her finger at the dinner table and they're in like a restaurant. He grabs it. He dumps sugar from the table on top of her finger, and then I believe makes her put it in her mouth. <laughs> and that's the remedy. <laughs> I mean, and it's like shit like that. Have you tried it? With, no. Do you know it doesn't <laughs> it work? like it would hurt. <laughs> it was either sugar or salt. Either mm. one seemed really bad yeah, on a Salt would be bad, yeah. But it's just one of those things where, like, you know, I, I feel like his mother was just like, just put salt on it, put it mm-hmm. in your mouth, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he just passed that down because that's what yeah. they've done, even though it probably got infected later. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but that, it had little things I like that. I totally forgot about that movie. Like, when you said it, I was like, it had to go through. But I've definitely seen it one time, and I've completely forgotten about it. That is a completely lost little movie, I think. Yeah, yeah. I've I've never seen it, but I, I can picture the like either the poster or the the VHS cover. Yeah. Because it's kind of it's almost like this um it almost looks like a romance novel or something. Yes. <laughs> like um from what I remember, but uh but yeah, I've never seen it. So And I, sh- I also struggled with um I struggled with just Kevin Klein cuz he was so hairy. For some reason I didn't think he could be hairy and <laughs> I didn't think he could be that hairy and women could be into you as a child. <laughs> But women loved him in the movie. He has this big ass mustache, and he's just walking around, just, just, just with woman after woman after woman. And he's so like abrasive. He's not really, yeah. you know, not really trying to hide it. You know, he's just sleeping with people in the neighborhood. And it's very, very obvious what's happening. And he would tell a really horrible lie to his wife. Like it was, a, it was, it had, a, it had a very '80s feel to it for sure. But like, it was also romantic, and then it was a obviously a comedy and kind of a dark comedy because there's an undertone of paying someone to murder your husband but you almost forget about it because the movie's so kind of silly and lighthearted too because the way they go about it is just bafflingly goofy (laughs) which a lot of these characters just like i remember even keanu reeves did something you couldn't do now Mm -hmm. when he was trying to hire the hitman he dressed up as a a chinaman i believe Mm. and he had this long mustache that Mm -hmm. he clearly just taped on i'm not sure you can say chinaman anymore shit sorry (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say oh i went to see a chinese movie today actually and it was terrible I feel like Just, you can't say that either. <laughs> oh no, it was a bad movie. Okay, yeah. it, was, it was Lost in the Stars. It was a, oh. oh, it was terrible. Oh, I, I was laughing. I was laughing out loud. Yeah, I didn't either. I just wanted to go see a movie that I didn't really know much about, and it was a poor decision. There you go. Good. I'm yeah. just glad we covered up the slur I didn't know. <laughs> and I think I would never say that. I think that was the the, the no. That was what you said. Like that was, the like, yeah, that that was, was the like what it was. I yeah. get you. Yeah. I do not refer to like all the classic from China as the classic that. offensive Charlie Chan kind yeah, of thing. That's yeah. with the old, really long old school Hollywood offensive. Yeah. That, that, yeah. And yes. for some reason, he decided to dress up like that mm. to hire these hitmen who. <laughs> We're so stupid, it wouldn't matter what he yeah. looked like. That's a good disguise. <laughs> yeah, very mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Is that four? Oh, that, that was four. your four, yeah. So All right. we're, 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 we're rounding it out, man. So no, Mike has 11 home. more. Okay. Bring it home. <laughs> um, I'm going to – so – Are you still narrowing down? Well, <laughs> I'm going back and forth between my head. Uh, but uh, there was a time period where uh, post-college I worked at a, re- a Regal Cinema. So I um, tended, tended to watch everything that <laughs> was there. And uh, this one movie came out uh, towards the – the middle of when I was working there, but um, observe and report with uh, Seth Rogen was a movie that I watched uh, multiple times. And, you know, it was a, a big, I mean, a big like donut for, Mm -hmm. for us, you know, there was barely any people who were watching it, but um, this is uh, a movie that's directed by, I believe Jody Hill who created Eastbound and Down and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, has that great relationship with, um, um, Danny McBride. So this to me is, is like, and I think like a year later, Paul Blart, I was going to say it's a mall, it's a mall cop movie. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's a mall cop movie with, uh, Seth Rogen, but But a much um, darker mall. Yes. (laughs) Super dark. Uh, you know, he, he still lives with his mom. Yeah. Um, but, and you know, there's, but he has these scenes where with uh, Michael Pena, who I think is like an underrated Genius. actor. Yeah, he is so he's good. So Anytime he's in something like mm-hmm. the Ant-Man movies, I, I don't think would have worked without him. Mm-hmm. Honestly, even though, you know, I, I love Paul Rudd, but when he does those recaps, it's like, I, but you also cool. think about a guy that was in like a movie, like uh, end of watch. Yes. And mm-hmm. then plays yes. in a yeah. movie so like great. observe and report. He is too completely. I mean, he is. I mean, a a super underrated actor. Yeah, but there's this one scene in particular that always sticks out to me in Observer Report, and it's set to the Yardbird song, like over, under, sideways, down, where they're kicking the crap out of these teenage kids outside, but they're taking mushrooms and they're riding the little like uh, <laughs> um, uh, train in the mall, and it the way how it's cut, it, it's just it's so good. Um, but it, it's very weird, and I I. I completely understand why it didn't connect with audiences at the time, but it yeah, shouldn't it, have been playing at Middleburg Heights. No, you know, no, no. like that's no, it should have, yeah, that should have been like, it's a, like a more specialty kind of, you know, yes. film. And then they went with, because it had Seth Rogen. It's like, it's a wide release. Yeah. You know? There were some yeah. scenes in that movie that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's where it's, you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, there, there's, there's something about it that, that I do, I, I would say, like, I revisit that one, you know, at least once a year um, since uh, since doing it. But I was almost going to say, I guess a point five would be Hot Rod because that movie was oh, also just it. a giant flop. <laughs> but I saw it, I, I literally, oh, like, six or seven rod. times in the in the theater. <laughs> and I would just, I would try to bring more people because, like, <laughs> I was like, this movie's so funny. Like, I think it was hilarious. Insanely... Yeah quotable but and i think it's it's now had a second life on streaming yeah uh where i see more people talking about it. but at the time it was that was like a blink or miss it and it's out of the theater but it was i you know comic perfection i thought it's weird how like a, that can happen to a movie that they just kind of come i I've obviously don't understand you know the the film industry especially the way that it's kind of evolved in the last yeah, because that movie's got to be 15 years old. 10 years old? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, like 2007. Yeah, I think yeah. Observer Report was like about maybe 2009 yeah. or 8. So, I mean, like it's, I mean, it's north of a decade old, but like, I, I kind of understand how movies can come and go now because, you know, it's just, it's, 
there's so many options and streaming and it's kind of tough to get in. Do the people even go to the movies or do they go to the theater for two weeks and go right to streaming? I don't know. So I can see and there's so many things on streaming because we, we were talking about this the other day about the, the writer's strike and someone's like, mm-hmm. man, I hope that ends soon so there's you know we can get some new stuff. I'm like, I think if you're on strike for 10 years, I'm not going to get through. There's <laughs> yeah, so many there's things. so many things. There's shows yeah. and movies yeah. that I haven't even touched. Yeah. So I think I'll, we'll be okay. Yeah. But like that one. and Well, you'll the, be okay except for the economic ripples of it. You yeah. know what I mean? That really like, yeah. Oh, that. well, fortunately, one unique thing about this podcast, the economy never hits it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, never. culturally and how it does affect things down the we road. We also don't touch culture. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but there's a there is one thing, and I I I swear to God there is a, a a reel on Instagram that was inspired by Observe and Report. It's the you know what I'm talking about. It's the the end fight scene, Seth Rogen versus seventy cops, and all he does is hit all of them with a flashlight. Mm-hmm. When it started, I was like, oh my god, the fu- what is is he just gonna keep knocks out like seventy cops yeah. with a flashlight, and it's. It's just as soon as that happened, I was like, "This movie's genius." Yeah. <laughs> I do need to watch. I've, I haven't seen that since I think it was in the theater. So yeah, yeah. I only watched that maybe once. Maybe I saw it twice. I can't I remember. Want, does Jody Hill direct the the episodes of Righteous Gemstones? Like, I don't know. I, I no, that, I don't. Th- well, he, no, they still no. have that collaboration or something. Um, I, I feel like I haven't noticed that. But yeah, maybe. I'll have to look. I'm, 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 I'm not one hundred percent sure. But yeah, I, but like I, I don't think he's made a feature film since then. Like he just sticks to the TV, but mm-hmm. I would love if he if he uh, made something else. Did, yeah, and I almost added this to my mm-hmm. list, but I'm, I'm guessing you've seen it because of the Jody Hill reference. Have you seen the Foot Fist Way? Oh yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. Oh, my God, absolutely. <laughs> that, movie's, that movies. The backstory about that, I think, was Adam McKay and Will Ferrell somehow came across it, right? And they said they loved it so much they watched it like 20 times in a week, <laughs> yeah. And then just started telling and, people about it and, and gave the really world good. Danny McBride. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Amazing. It's a really good one. Which some people, I always remember how much Clint O'Connor, uh, former film critic for the Plain Dealer, uh, and is a great guy and a very knowledgeable man on film, hates Danny McBride. Like, <laughs> oh my God, we've had such conversations about Danny McBride. Um, so I, I <laughs> just, I enjoy him. I, I love like uh, Vice Principals. That show is pretty it's, cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, all right, I'm going to end on, I was debating about my last one, but I'm going to end on one that is just a legit good movie that I feel like no one, remembers or talks about and even though i think it does have a criterion edition so it is it's very well regarded but i just don't think a lot of people saw it and that's menace to society oh, the so hughes good. brothers movie from it's its 30th anniversary this year too and where's all the talk about hey 30th anniversary right. of this brilliant movie it was my number one movie of that year and i just feel like it lived in the shadows of boys in the hood which yeah. i think was mm. kind of overrated it's a great movie but i didn't quite I thought Menace to Society was so much better that I just sort of was like, well, why isn't anyone, why didn't yeah. that get all the praise? Because I think they're like, well, but we just praised, you know, Menace to Society, or we just praised Boys in the Hood, so we can't, you know, yeah, yeah, have another kind of, you know. It's like if Mac like, and Me was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're so similar. So yeah. uh, but no, I just, that movie is so great. And, very uh, good. I haven't watched it in a long time either because it's not fun. You know what I mean? So it, I understand. Yeah. It's a hard like, that's, rewire. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Like, So I understand why some of these movies haven't survived because we talk about a lot of the ones that you can watch like over and over again is yeah. because you're entertained by them. And that movie is definitely not entertaining. I mean, it's, it's entertaining and in that it's interesting and it's extremely brilliant filmmaking, but it's not fun. 
Yeah, yeah. but and it's, it's a great movie. Kind of, and it's got a lot of people. It's I, I've referenced this this documentary so many times. It's a, it's I think it's just called that guy from that thing. Uh-huh. It's it's great. And it actually, I mentioned it a little bit in uh-huh. when I was talking about cheap thrills. There's a guy in that movie who I still don't know, and I love the movie. And everyone would know him, and if you saw him like actor, but right. you don't know his name. And uh, there's a couple like that in Menace Society. Yeah, like I think Bill Duke is in that. He's Bill a Duke is in there. Yeah. And Lorenz uh, Tate. Lorenz Tate, who, is and Lorenz Tate stuff, I yeah. know, but I, I know from Menace Society. Yeah. That's how I know right. him every time I saw him yeah. after that. And most people know who he is if you saw him, because mm-hmm. you've seen him in plenty right. of things, but, but you wouldn't know. Think Jada name. Pinkett Smith's in yeah. that before mm-hmm. things really got right. weird. <laughs> you know, and I, then, I will allow you to say her name. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it, especially since I had no idea you had a problem with her too. <laughs> no, I just, I just, you I know. stayed away from uh, LB ever uh, since you brought it up. <laughs> and then the guy that plays uh, um, her, uh, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's um, uh, baby daddy, I guess mm-hmm. that's in jail. I don't know his name, but I've seen him in tons. Oh of stuff. yeah, and he's great. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Right. He's great in everything mm-hmm. he's in. Yeah, it's a, but that's a, it's very, a great movie. That's a tough. That mm-hmm. is a very yeah. hard movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I've probably seen that five or six times. Yeah. It's a really good movie. Yeah. yeah, excellent. And I think you're right. I think that just got swallowed up by. And Boys even though the there's Hood. like a couple years between them, I just feel like it lived in that shadow, you yeah. know, culturally and, and and critically. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you're right though. It's like where it seems like every movie that has its 30th anniversary this year has had some kind of that Turner yeah. movie classics yep. uh, showing, mm-hmm. and there is this call for more. You know, exposing more diverse things. Why, mm-hmm. why not that? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it seems like a missed opportunity. It's I got concur. a brutal opener scene too. Yeah. A really mm-hmm. brutal opening yeah. scene that really set. The, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ! Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's end on a high note. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say now. Now that I brought the room down. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. So mine the next one is Terms of Endearment. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck it. <laughs> the Laugh Riot. Uh-huh. <laughs> If you haven't seen it, uh, hilarious, oh, hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna. It's a dark comedy. Yeah. Um, acquired taste. No. So my last one is, I. This is the movie. I'm probably honestly. I've seen this movie more than any movie I've ever seen. Um, it's called The Thirteenth Warrior. Oh. It's with Antonio, Antonio Banderas. Banderas. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. And I. Hmm. Do not know why. You've watched it more than any other movie. Easily. That has to be a world record. You Easily. Have, you have to be the, the sole title holder for that. I can't believe that. they haven't reached out to me. Yeah. I have watched After that this, they will. so many times, yeah. and I still love it. Huh. I th- I've watched it within the last two weeks. Okay. I wow. will watch it within the next two weeks. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know why. I just, that movie really just really stuck with me. Yeah. I thought the fight scenes were cool. I thought it was. It's very low budget. It's you know. It's it's a you know like a. I don't even know what you want to call it. Like a, a fantasy historical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, fight like Braveheart <laughs> if they really had no money. <laughs> Braveheart if they were like we guys we are on a budget. <laughs> you know, but it's it's a really cool movie where essentially it's it's kind of a not a weird plot, but Antonio Banderas and this is back when I think before people really even cared about this who is not a Muslim, I believe plays a Muslim, mm-hmm. and he travels to like this Nordic country after he's banished from 
uh, the the country and the, uh, the the kingdom that he's in. And he's traveling with one of his companions, and he comes across like a Viking Nordic village. And during this time, he starts becoming accustomed to their their cultures, and he doesn't speak any of their languages, which gets a little weird at the in, in middle midway through the movie. Um, but for some reason, it worked for me. Mm-hmm. He just listened to them and understood their and language. And I was like, "Yep, <laughs> I wish it was that easy." Mm-hmm. He just let them. He just watched them all get drunk, and then just picked up their language. <laughs> um, but That's he goes called on a plot device. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That calls a budget. We can't. Uh, yeah. We can't suss this out. <laughs> yeah. He can't go to seven weeks of, mm-hmm. of Viking school. Um, but uh, so he ends up uh, going on a, a, a journey, if you will, with uh, these warriors to help uh, an- another another kingdom, another village that's being kind of torn apart and tormented by a large group of this tribe that is really, really kind of prehistoric, and, and I believe thinks that they're bears, and mm-hmm. but they're just absolutely really kind of scary. There's a very scary element to it too, but he goes with them, even though he's not a fighter and he just becomes a fighter like through osmosis. It's amazing. And it's got some of the coolest, but still just kind of scariest fight scenes because of some of the way that these things happen, where these guys would always take away the bodies of the, of their dead. They would take the heads of anyone Mm -hmm. that they, that they killed. It was a very, scary aspect of that when when i started kind of understanding like what was being a theme of that and it kind of added another element of almost kind of fear into the movie that i didn't think was going to be there i thought it was more just like a fighting kind of action cool movie but it added something else to it that i really really liked and of course the end you know there's no one else in that movie whose name i know as far as i know they all agreed to be in one movie and then quit (laughs) but i've always they could only afford antonio banderas (laughs) yeah they dropped all the money yeah. on Antonio Banderas, uh-huh. and uh, but the movie's awesome. I love mm-hmm. it. I'll I encourage anyone to watch it. If anyone has a problem with it, reach out to me, and I'll get in a fight with you <laughs> via via Instagram or text. I have a feeling if I open this um, cabinet here, it's going to just be filled with, with uh, heads. Thirteen. Uh, <laughs> 13th warrior my antonio banderas. i thought i thought it was severed heads of the my antonio banderas vanquished. like like shrine <laughs> but that's mine i always love that one i I, yeah. I i do i don't know i just thought it was a cool 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 movie and uh that's another one i've only seen one time so i've, I've never seen that one. Oh, okay and i i you're a silly man. i remember I should. like i remember the kind of color palette of it more than anything else i remember about it i just kind of remember the whole aesthetic of it i remember watching the movie thinking i could be in this movie (laughs) and i think that's why i liked it so much they were just like who over there no the guy hold yeah just dress him up yeah and it worked (laughs) i did look up some you know imdb underrated movies lists and i i swear to god i saw 13th warrior on at least a couple so was it his list (laughs) i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for the years i've just been i'm too ashamed to just try to push it out there to everyone i'm creating lists on Alyssa, yeah to try to get just it's get a about, buzz going yeah get the grassroots buzz somehow you got to do it lay the groundwork mm-hmm. well wait, wait you got like nine other movies what do you have over there oh i uh there's just a couple like come on rapid fire mike right. just like fast uh, and furious one fast and furious two fast and furious three walk hard i think oh is, walk is, hard uh, yeah that's a great uh, Dewey Cox it, but story, it, it, yeah. i remember it, it the did wrong terrible. kid died uh yeah <laughs> Um, Adventureland, I think, is great. I uh, liked Adventureland. Teeth. Yes. I think, oh, I love teeth. Uh, I a, a more like recent one, and it was made here in Ohio because you know I got I always gotta do that. But Swan Song, I think, is really oh. good with Udo Kier. Mm-hmm. Swan Song is great. Uh, but I think just because it came out in the pandemic, maybe 
you know, and it's a smaller movie, but um, it needs that love. Uh, what else did I have? Uh, Lucas, I think. Uh, oh, Lucas. With, uh, <laughs> which I always, The Boy Who Could Fly, I think, is actually. Oh, my a God. Movie. I've seen that movie uh, a lot. I love that. I, don't, I love a lot of the 80s stuff, of course. Uh, Kingpin, uh, that also Kingpin. is a big mm-hmm. flop, uh, but very funny. A Simple Plan, uh, Sam Raimi's. Yeah. Uh, Simple Plan. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's pretty much it. Do you want it. to start over? We can just do five <laughs> We can do another one. <laughs> oh, the, I should have been one, like, bring, it, bring your top uh, 25. <laughs> uh, Co- Coconada's Columbus, which I think what? is a, it's a very quiet movie. I've never heard of that with, one. Uh, John Cho. Oh. Um, but uh, he he made a movie last year called After Yang, mm-hmm. uh, which is really good. Which is really good. This is his first movie called Columbus, and it's... Mostly two people talking uh, in these really beautiful locations, mm-hmm. but it's a very kind of ponderous movie. But uh, so it's not going to be like a banger, you know. If you <laughs> if you put on a party, if you're like, looking for shoot 'em uh, up, this yeah, isn't it. It's not. It's not that. But yeah. there's I, only I think one. It's a very, there's only one shoot 'em up. Only one I think it's a very sweet movie mm-hmm. that um, that I wish more people knew about. After Yang has Colin Farrell, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very cool um, movie. And what then, is it called? After, after Yang. Yang. Mm-hmm. It's basic. It's about. Um, uh, this family that owns a android um, that is very attached to their adopted daughter, who is who is Asian, and he's um, is he's an Asian android, and it stops working. So they, um, Colin Farrell is like looking at his memory bank to see, um, you know, to kind of learn more about like what the android saw in the family it, it's really yeah, it's, good it's another kind of sweet he just makes like very sweet um you know character driven movies i would mm-hmm. say it's funny like i I was, I was having this conversation about colin farrell the other day because when he came out like swinging it was like you know swat and the recruit and then i see him in a movie like the lobster yeah no <laughs> he's I great loved. yeah and the killing of a sacred deer yeah I mean, he's fantastic and, and you know, um, my, in Bruges, yeah, is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Just so, so great. Good. That's uh, banshees. The, uh, I had yeah. a Colin Farrell on my runner-up list was uh, the Fright Night remake. Oh, oh it's yeah, so because good. Good. people are. I just feel like again, it got very good reviews, but so many people, especially in the horror community, like hate it and are dismissive yeah. because Fright Night is my favorite '80s classic horror movie yeah. as well. But that doesn't mean that this new version of Fright Night isn't great because it yeah. is. The guy it's that made not, that is the guy who did, you know, Lars and the Real Girl and all these yeah. other, like, you know, great movies. Craig Gillespie, he's a really interesting filmmaker, and the movie's fun. David Tennant's fantastic yeah. in it. The late Anton Yelchin. He's, um, yeah. Yeah, so it's such a great little movie. That's yeah. a, not a really, little movie. It's a big movie. But yeah, that a was a really – yeah. I was the same way because I loved, yeah, I loved Fright, Fright Night. Night. Fright yeah. Night's – and I the original one is still – screaming like, Brewster in yeah. my ear. Like, I just – I love, love that movie. I thought yeah. it was so good. I like the sequel too. Yeah. yeah. But, man, because a lot of times when I, I – we've talked a lot about some of the remakes that have come out recently, like – you know the the, the very most the most recent Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. pile of shit that came out. Mm. I like the Hellraiser. I didn't have a problem with the new Hellraiser. I really didn't. The problem with the new Hellraiser was I didn't have that discovery of the Cenobites because I already knew what it was. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I really like the original. But I thought that Fright Night was really good. Yeah, it is really good. You were right to think that because that is the correct answer. Yep. Yeah, the right response. Mm-hmm. Got that's like four mm-hmm. things I got right today. <laughs> Not during this podcast, just today in general. Oh. Yeah, I had like a four-hour gap where I was at AT AT&T where I got nothing right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't... I I stayed away from some of those because I had a couple other... Like, so I had a, a... 
Frailty on my list. But Frailty was think, almost on my list. Yeah. I, but I think it's, that that one actually yeah. built a real cult following. Well, but I still think a lot of people haven't seen it. I mean, it's it's That's great. such an amazing. Yeah, movie. I've, I've watched that one multiple times. When you brought up Simple Plan, I was like, and then you the adjacent is it frailty you know yeah. bill paxton adjacent. that's such a good that's yeah. a in it as powers booth was the mm-hmm. greatest name forget cinema i, I just rewatched people the, I, just, the best name. <laughs> I just rewatched his uh jim jones uh guyana tragedy tv movie from the from 1980 or 81 whatever that was because yeah. I, I love like you know kind of cult stuff like that yeah, so yeah, i just yeah. love whenever his name would come on screen i'm like powers booth powers booth <laughs> yeah is that his real name I think so. That's Let's even, say yes. I don't yes. want to think that it isn't. Right. Yeah. No, I'd hate. To I mean, what kind of what what kind of confidence does a parent have to have to, have to name their child Powers? Powers. Well, it's just, I'm like Powers Boo. Like, is that yeah. a whiskey? It's, like, he, it's fantastic. He, he can be anything yeah. he wants to be. And he decided to become an actor. He decided to be in Tombstone. He decided to be in Rapid Fire with Brandon <laughs> Lee. He decided to be in Red Dawn. Another. Which that was never going to be on my list because that's not. I don't think that that's. I think enough people know about it and they should. It's great. But yeah, the Great Powers Booth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. That movie, The End of Frailty. I was like, oh, oh Frailty's so good. Damn, that's yeah, really good. It's a great movie. And that was also in the middle of where I think Matthew McConaughey was really starting to kind of take off mm-hmm. a little bit, mm. really doing his romantic comedy run. Like I think that's when he really started kind of. After that, it really kind of. And I think that just. Mm-hmm. Fell by the wayside, and just I, no one really. I knew almost about put it. Killer Joe on my oh, list. Yeah, the yeah, other Ma- McConaughey movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other one I had that I almost added was Wonderland huh? with Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really, and I've seen that one probably five or six times. Okay. But I always yeah. really like the just the Wonderland story. Like, and there's that movie was good because it's all it's told like three different ways at the end as far as how they were caught or. And it still never really came out. Yeah. So what everyone knows, I think it was Eddie Nash's name, is the one that I think is the one that was supposedly behind it. Yeah. And the John Holmes backstory. I'm glad they didn't just make it like a like. Let's just keep dabbling into porn. It came up like once. And I'm. Yeah. And but this was when he was already. For anyone who doesn't know, John Holmes was I think one of the really first kind of like really you know well known like porn actors, and mm-hmm. he became a just a hopeless drug addict yeah <laughs> like cocaine crack everything mm-hmm. he was really gone and he started getting in with uh, uh basically just local drug dealers and the story was that everyone in the way that they told it was he was also very unreliable which is weird for drug addicts yeah. but he was just burning everyone where the only place he could hang out was this place yeah and they liked having him around because of the novelty yeah, yeah, he's, a yeah, mm-hmm. he's a celebrity yeah he's a celebrity but they came up with a way to rob um a local Mm-hmm. businessman slash kind of mobster, but who was right. super connected. And uh, the Wonderland Murders, just look it up because it was never that's, really solved. But yeah, it, that's another one that I've wild. only seen one time, so I yeah. should revisit yeah. that one it's a really, mm-hmm. I really like that one a lot. And there's a lot of people in that movie. Yeah. Val Kilmer's in that. Uh, Josh Lucas is in that. Lisa Kudrow's in that. That threw me off. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, but it's a really good movie. I almost... There's one I did forget that I almost said. We should have just done ten because we're all talking about. This is going to be like the the, the six hour pie. I I almost said. I don't know what about Demolition Man with with Stallone. Um, That is just because I I love. I I mean, I have this uh, whatever affinity for Stallone movies, and (laughs) you know, I mean, Rocky Four should always be on any list, Uh, but. (laughs) Uh, but Mike, there's, I, there's I, nothing to apologize but, there. Mike Wendt, I've never seen it. <laughs> I know. Rocky Four? Know. Rocky Four, I've, honestly. I've you... never seen any of the original Rocky movies. Yeah. I've only seen like the, the kind Creed of. movies? And... Well, like yeah. Rocky, well, Rocky Balboa, whatever the first oh, one that I, kind yeah. of brought him back. Like, yeah. 
You Rocky know, that he Ford, was fantastic. No in. kidding. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. we have a lot of foreign policy that is based around Rocky. Ford. <laughs> <laughs> like we now, have leaders I, I that are realize, like, what do we <laughs> I regret not going to the like the Fathom event thing that they did, like with all the added stuff. And yes, stuff. I had yeah. wanted to go to that, that. was because I'm sure it's can't yeah. be fun. It was, but a, I just I I never went. I've never seen the original Rocky movies because. Um, uh, I just honestly because of the the punching the meat scene, I was like, I'm not going to watch mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it's too much. No, meat that punching. makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. So I w- I've avoided all of them yeah. for that reason. Oh, if that makes sense. So good. Yeah. Maybe I could recut it. For um, you Sylvester Stallone. Did, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone did walk past me uh, at an event uh, one time That's at, awesome. at a NATO event. And uh, National Association of Theater Owners, not uh, <laughs> North American no, Treaty not, Organization. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have, they they no longer They're allow me. They, they no longer yeah. allow me at that NATO. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> he walked past me, and people. And I've also met Tom Cruise, and Tom Cruise is not as a short in real life as everyone acts like Tom Cruise is so short. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone is way shorter than you think Sylvester Stallone should be in real life. Like that was the thing that was like, huh? <laughs> Sylvester Stallone's that little, really? and his head—it looked like he hadn't taken. If, I, I don't know if he should be on um, like uh, uh, high blood pressure medicine, but it looked like he hadn't taken it if he should have, because his head was, his face was like flaming red. It was very strange. It was well, like it looked like he had a clean just, living. Yeah. He just had. It looked like it looked like a giant and like just a big like tomato red head on that man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah, never be ashamed of any loving Stallone movies. No, that guy came out swinging, and he never stopped swinging. Yeah. He came out with so many. You're good talking out. about the Italian stallion. Yes, of course. <laughs> I have seen like Cobra is oh, such a good yeah. movie. I don't know how that didn't win awards, like just clean sweep. Well, well clean I, sweep. I mean, it's fun. I'm going to say that it's good, but it's fun. Yeah, I'm saying good, and I'm saying. Good. Every, every bit of that movie is just is 80s. Every yeah, bit of that movie. You're is 80s. 100% correct on that. That is every. I feel like of someone was in 80s. the 80s and yeah. then lived to like into the 2010s, and then went back in time and was just like, "This is what we think the 80s yeah. is like, and that's what we're putting in this movie." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what that's what came out. It was yeah, oh, he, the poster was him with those sunglasses. And he's got the scruff and is yeah. he a cigarette in his mouth? Yeah. The poster too? No, it was a, no. it was a, um, is that toothpick a match. Or something? Oh, match. All right. It, it had some, I just, yeah. The, mm-hmm. And then why that movie was so good is the opening scene is because he goes, he, so they're like, all right, should we send in SWAT snipers? Like, nah, just him. <laughs> and so he goes into this grocery <laughs> store right. where this guy just, is just killing right. people. Mm-hmm. He goes in, does not take his sunglasses off, <laughs> no. somehow hides in a freezer for a while, then comes out of the freezer gun drawn Mm -hmm. and even though he has his gun drawn and points it at this guy who is about to kill someone else he decides to put the gun away even though he easily could shoot him take out a knife from behind him Mm -hmm. and then throw the knife into the guy's chest then bring the gun back and then (laughs) shoot him multiple times while chewing on a match and never taking off his aviators yeah 80s 80s Mm -hmm. 80s masterpiece (laughs) <laughs> yes, ish, ish, ish. I mean, that's that's that 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 word has kind of changed over the years. But yeah, yeah. Is it as good as Moonlight? Maybe not. <laughs> but I think it's right there. I think they tell the same story. <laughs> Just an underrated person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to circle back if we could to Monster Squad. <laughs> By all means. Because I know so much about that movie yeah. in terms of the people that were in it. So I know their names. Uh, 
Andre Gower was the uh, original, was the the, uh, the the lead character. Okay. Um, I don't know Horace's name because I don't want to because I only know him as Horace. Um, the guy that killed the uh, the, I, the the Aquaman or not Aquaman, I'm, the uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> um, the guy that played Rudy, Ryan Lambert. He was on Kids Incorporated. Mm, all right. Uh, he's also a very small person, but in the movie they made him look bigger. Mm. Um, Dracula. I just saw him in something else recently. That guy's one of those. He's a the guy from the thing. thing yeah, he's one of those guys. Uh, Frankenstein is. I don't know his name, but <laughs> he's a guy from the thing. You're dazzling me with his, your knowledge on this. You're like, I got to tell you about this because I know all this. And then, uh, no, uh, that movie. Like I said, I only I finally it was again one of those movies. Everyone kept begging me to play, telling me you have to play Monster Squad. For the late shift at the Cedar Lee, and I finally did. It was a huge bomb. Barely anybody came, and then I sat there and I watched that movie, just dumbfounded, <laughs> like just oh my god, it was. And you know, another weirdly, especially just for my age and generational, generationally speaking, I had not seen Goonies as mm. a as a kid. I just never saw Goonies until like maybe ten years ago. It was the first time I saw Goonies. And I was very nervous about seeing Goonies because everybody talks about it with such reverence. And like I'm like, this is going to be another kind of Monster Squad thing where it's just like childhood nostalgia and it's not going to be a good movie, but people love it because they saw it when they were a little kid. Yeah. No, that movie holds up. That's a really good movie. Goonies, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So like that's what I mean. Like it, it fascinates me. Like I can think of movies that I saw when I was a little kid that I loved when I was a little kid, but now I can say, oh, yeah, it's a bad movie. But people will not admit that Monster Squad is a bad movie. They just hold on to it. It's a bad movie. Oh, no, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. It's so yeah, bad. So bad. <laughs> I, I did a uh, uh, one-year... Uh, well, yeah, we just did it once. Uh, just because 12 Hours of Terror was successful, I was like, oh, I'll, have this, I'll do a bad movie marathon. So we did the 12 Hours of Terrible one time. And I realized why, you know, because I love a fun, bad movie. And I played things like Drive Angry, which is a fun, bad movie. Yeah, and okay. I played... Um, the Happening, which is a fun, bad movie. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But but like, it was a complete flop. The whole event did not do well, which is why we only did it once. But I played Masters of the Universe, <laughs> which is a terrible movie. And not fun, though. It's not even a good, bad movie. But I got so much hate from people because they're like, Masters of the Universe is bad. I love that movie. But I was like, it's fine if you love it. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Like, I love lots of bad movies, but... It's a bad movie. Yeah, let's yeah. pump the brakes. Yeah, like, just calm down yeah. there, mister. But yeah, I think that's why it didn't work because I mixed too many like genres and too many different things. And what's a fun, bad movie to one person might not be a fun, bad movie for another person. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it just didn't work as a marathon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did show, but I did show classic things like um, Plan 9 from Outer Space, I think, was yeah. one of the ones we put yeah. in there too. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I, uh, I know what you mean. People can get a little bit bent out of shit. Man, I made the mistake. I was going to bring this up in a couple weeks at the live show. I made the mistake. No, I don't even say a mistake. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> I, I referred to anime as a cartoon. Oh. And, man, mm. this dude was just like, look, man. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. I don't even care what you're going to say. Mm -hmm. I can see the look on your face. You're going to tell me the history of anime, and I've already stopped caring. So let's just move on. But yeah, some people will, yeah. will will claim that like, I mean, like no, it, it, it's an amazing movie because of this. Like no, no. it's not. Stop. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. Name name something great about 
aside from Dolph Lundgren's hair in, in Master of the Universe. <laughs> it was just because, like, you know, a lot of us just saw, because remember the cartoon and the mm-hmm. toys as a kid? Yeah. That means a good movie. Yeah. G.I. Yeah. Joe is a stupid ass movie. Yeah. Transformers is a dumb movie, but I love hearing Optimus Prime's voice, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because it reminds me of a kid. Yeah. Well, when I went to the advanced screening of Transformers, which I, again, generously was like, I just kind of missed Transformers from my childhood. So it has nothing to do with like me growing up. And I went to see the movie, and the first time they show Optimus Prime, the truck, driving on a highway, the entire audience like cheered and was applauding. And I leaned over to my friend, and in all sincerity, was like, are people applauding a truck? Like, it, it just... It just seems so hilarious to me that people were applauding a semi truck driving down the road. Yeah, but yeah, but the uh, so my... <laughs> yeah, keep that to yourself. <laughs> oh, I did. That's a good way. Believe to me, nice. I was like, I, in that crowd, that was not the audience yeah. to like. I didn't be... like. I don't know. I didn't know anything about the uh, what are those Jennifer Lawrence movies? The Hunger Games. The Hunger Games. Yeah. I had no oh, idea yeah. what that was. Yeah. I didn't know I, nothing. Zero. Mm-hmm. I went into that. I was in. I think I was in Highland Square in Akron. Uh, at the Highland Theater, and we went in. We saw the very first one, and we're like eight minutes into this, yeah. And they're offering up this little girl, <laughs> and I'm looking at my wife like, "Is someone gonna fucking explain this to me?" <laughs> and everyone else is just you know, nodding along, like <laughs> powerful. <laughs> and I'm like, "They're gonna offer that little girl." I'm like, "Is there no back? Was I supposed to? Was there homework?" And but mm. everyone in the crowd was just like. <gasps> <laughs> and then my wife's like, "Just I'll explain it later." I'm like, "Later? They're gonna kill that girl." And then they didn't. They killed a another they little killed girl a different later. little girl. Yeah. Much, much later. Um, I just that that t- that whole series after seeing um, uh, oh my god, why am I blanking? Uh, the Japanese. Uh, oh. Uh, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. So, uh, oh. Now this is really yeah. this is I know good what it is. good podcasting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you can't no, no, think no, of no, the thing you're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what, oh, yeah. uh, grunt more no it played it yeah oh what was that then that thing that had the you know no there's a japanese film that it's completely blank i'm blanking on right now yeah uh and uh that is the basic kind of premise of the hunger games but it's a lot, lot more a lot more violent yeah. a lot more hardcore and a lot more visceral you know what i mean you really get a sense of people uh you know you know that there's going to be consequences was it anime i mean cartoon? No, it was not <laughs> no it was not. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. so we can confirm there was a movie that came out of Japan. Yes, there has been at <laughs> least one movie out of Japan. I'm pretty sure, uh, it, like, it, it's a Tarantino favorite because um, he's talked I'm, about oh it. Oh, my, I can't uh, believe I can't remember the name. Yeah, of it. I've seen it like three hell? times. I saw it first at the Cleveland International Film Festival. It was a late edition. Yeah. Then we played it with a partnership with the Cinematheque at the Capitol Theater. It's got... Uh, uh, yeah, they're the both on their phones right it. now, frantically looking for. This I'm not. That I don't think. I don't. Happened. I don't even have it on. But Mike will look it up. So there you go. But uh, that it's a it's a much it's a better movie. Battle Royale. Battle Royale. Thank you. There you okay. go. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, similar kind of concept. Kids have to kill each other. Yeah, and I'm, I'm all for. I'm, I love killer kid movies. So. <laughs> oh, I do and, too. Yeah, but for some reason, I needed more. Yeah, <laughs> like they didn't even ease into it, or they, no mm-hmm. one's even like, "Well, this is like the 30th year of us killing kids." Mm-hmm. There wasn't well, even that. Then you'll be excited. And left their house. The, and the prequel is coming out this fall. Yeah, that explains oh, all that <laughs> with uh, Jason Schwartzman as the Stanley Tucci character. Yeah, which is perfect casting, quite frankly. <laughs> the young Stanley, Stanley Tucci oh, is played okay. by. Jason Schwartzman in this movie, which I think is great. 
Yeah, yeah I, uh, that kind of works. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when you if you if you haven't seen the trailer and you watch the trailer, you're like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Oh, the trailer's already out. Yeah, the trailer's okay. out. Yeah. What's it called? Um, Getting hungry game. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> catch. Uh, I don't Catching remember something. Nah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's Hunger Games yeah. prequel. There you go. I don't know. Mm-hmm. HGP. All right. It, cool. it doesn't. It doesn't mean much to me. Those. Those. I. I tried to rewatch those while I was baking. I just usually have like movies or something playing. Yeah. And I put those on, and I was like, I just don't care, and I just like stopped it. They don't yeah. do anything. For I think me. I got like I know obviously they got silly popular, so mm-hmm. like they just kind of get, and it's like this part one. I'm like, ah, fuck. They're gonna keep doing this. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen just something like this since like the well now we're seeing it with the Fast and the Furious, <laughs> like the Fast and the Furious are like the Spice Girls. Those things make billions of dollars, and I can't find one person who admit they saw it. <laughs> I didn't see the last two. I, I've seen all the other ones. I, I was a big fan two. of the new one, the yeah. Fast X, because mostly because Jason Momoa is really hamming it up. Uh, so to to me, I was I was enjoying myself, and and so was my wife, but. Uh, I don't know. It didn't do super great, I guess. So, I, the only one, it's already States. on Peacock. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw the first one. It wasn't good. It was funny, though. I mean, it was really funny. I don't think that was the intention, but it was really funny. Also, a pretty big fan of Jordana Brewster and Michelle Rodriguez. Paul Walker, like obviously, that. too. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. A couple moments where I was like, yeah, I'd do it. Um, but then I really like the third one, the Tokyo Drift one. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That is so good with that kid with the big head and the accent. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Where they're like, we need a dialect coach. And then dialect coach is like, it's not going to work. <laughs> no matter what I do, it's not going to work. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't even know where this yeah. kid's from. <laughs> and then I caught like maybe 20 minutes here and there of like other pieces of it. And it's. Like I'm watching like helicopters run into trains. I'm like, weren't yeah. these guys stealing cars? Like, I thought that's all they were doing. They just race cars in a neighborhood. And now they're all international spies. I think like the directors of the or the writers and the directors of those films started watching the Mission Impossible move, Impossible movies. And that's, <laughs> they basically tried to just replicate that. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's working. But, billions uh, of dollars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I enjoy them, but I think it's time to. To let the the car, you know, go <laughs> run off out the, of gas. Yes, <laughs> it's time for that. Let it spin out or whatever. Not when, but yeah. they're still making billions of dollars. So that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Oh no, yeah. they're no. And the good news is, even with that, with a writer's strike, they can still make those. Yeah. And and I'm sure that they're in the acting guild. Yeah, there's Chat, not a lot G- of acting GPT going on there. Yeah, I wrote something. two of those yeah. this morning. Yeah, yeah it, those are not hard. It, yeah. no, no, Vin, what's been? Let's be real. What else is Vin Diesel going to do? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, triple X three or something. <laughs> or four. First, the first bring time. back, bring back Riddick again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I did like the yeah. pitch black. Yeah, pitch cool. black is great. I really like pitch yeah. black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then it's just, they somehow. Yeah, Riddick wasn't it. as good, but pitch pitch black is a great movie. Pitch black was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but that was before he was. That was before he was. I don't know the guy's name from Fast yeah. and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, I was gonna drop like before he was Fast Guy. Yeah. I, I don't know his name. Isn't that his name, name? Fast Guy? Yeah. Johnny Fast Guy. <laughs> It might as well be. <laughs> I don't know if this is an awkward transition, but I've been cleaning out my my dad's house because you know, he passed away. But he had these boxes of DVDs, and one of the DVDs was a collection of Vin Diesel shorts. 
short films that he made. Oh, in, thank God. And I was like, <laughs> I. You thought he was just like, had bought some of his underwear up no, some, no, no, like, no. I didn't think underwear. It's not like but, shorts. Just like basketball but I, shorts. I was just like, of all things to own, like a collection. A collection. Of I, short, short films that, that he had made? Yeah. That he directed? Well, there was one that played at Sundance, I guess. Huh. So they like. Maybe when like the Fast and Furious movies started to get popular, they put them on a thing. And Interesting. I was, that's where I was just like, I can't like super my old ones, <laughs> like really old ones, like for well, like they're from like the yeah the the mid to late nineties and stuff. Hmm. So I I will have to play it one day. Who knew? In oh honor, my god, bring those in! I would love to watch those. <laughs> Just to watch the range of Dominic Toretto. That's his <laughs> there name. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we were going to get there eventually. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What you, well, I don't. I don't know as much as about. But when you're like shorts, I was like, like just like oh no, like sorry. basketball. Yeah. Like like he saw him playing Short, basketball one day I'm, and he found replica basketball shorts and that's what I went to. Yeah, I sometimes forget I'm in this like movie bubble where I I just the shorthand of everything. No, I'm sure like, most people understood yeah. what you were talking yeah. about. <laughs> I'm just like, cause like I did that too. I'm still doing that. Like with my mom, my mom will bring some shit up. She'll like, look what I found. And it, I'm like, why do you, why did you ever have this? Seventies, eighties, the decade doesn't matter. Why do you have this? And why are you bringing it to me now? <laughs> just like weird, like stuff I used to wear. Like she put me in these like weird three piece suits as a kid, which I'm going to put my kid and in. And she still sure. has them? Oh yeah. She has everything. Hmm. My mom is was hoarding way before it was popular. Mm. Like way before. She was a trendsetter. Very much. Mm -hmm. Yes. Very, very much. Yeah. Bring those in, man. That's cool. I would love that. I will. Like a, a a Vin Diesel shorts. See that dude's range. Do a watch along. A watch along. There are a lot of them. There was like seven or something. God, that's wild. Hmm. Well, before we end, I want to hear more about, uh, more about your, your vegan business. Uh, bitchy vegan homo. Yep. Uh, so yeah, uh, actually, as of this month, it's uh, up until this point, I'd been still having a quote unquote day job, but now it's yeah my full time job. I'm most known for my brownies. My best damn brownies are kind of my signature thing, and uh, then my oatmeal cream pies are very popular. People love a good mm -hmm. cream pie, and uh, it's uh, yeah, it's just turned into a thing that I didn't expect. I do a lot of events. I do like anywhere between like six and nine or 10 events in a, in a month all over the wow, place. Wow, really? Yeah. Oh, I, I do a great. monthly event with Melt. We do a, a, I do a, a pop-up at Melt, uh, usually the third or fourth uh, Thursday of every month, uh, always in Lakewood, always in Akron, and then I rotate around for the third location. Um, so this this month it's in Mentor, I think, and then, you know, I just kind of keep it, keep it going, different places. Um, yeah, that's about it. I don't know. What else to say? What else is there to say about it? Well, uh, my he... friends like to freeload off of me because I always feed them. <laughs> I think that's it. People like whenever I have a new recipe to try out, they're like, oh, that's exciting. We, we got the, um, for pride month, he had this rainbow cake that mm. my wife and I, or I, you know, I went to Birch Cafe where he has his other pop-up and that, I mean, that shit was gone fast. <laughs> yeah. It was so good. Yeah. That's so, a pain in the ass yeah, that cake to make. Very good, because <laughs> all the all the different colors. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like six layers of vanilla cake dyed different, you know, rainbow flag colors. How and long have you doing this? Uh, five years. Yeah. Five years. Uh, May was five years that it started. So, uh, and it, again, it wasn't ever supposed to be this. It was. I started uh, as I would, people come over to my house, and the way my kitchen is set up. People would be on the one kind of the counter kind of looking in, and people would always joke, oh, I feel like I'm on the Dave Huffman like cooking show. And I was, I've was, i always kind of thought about having a cooking show. So then I had uh, a friend who had access to uh, my friend Adam, who runs TRG Multimedia. He had um, 
decided that we would like film some actually in the actual studio with a real crew and on a real set and everything. So when you watch those shows, they're it's like a three camera production. It's not just like here I am with my cell phone in my kitchen, you know, like a lot of like um, online cooking shows are. Um, so it was like a real show. But then I started to do events to kind of promote that that show existed. And quickly people like, you know, they just kept wanting to give me money. So I just kept taking it. So now it's a business. And, it's the right move. Yeah. And, <laughs> and but because I got so busy with all those events and plus up to that point, you know, still working another job that I, um, you know, I just haven't had time to film any more of the shows. So we haven't filmed any shows since before the pandemic. So that's kind of been really put on the back burner and by the wayside. But now that I've got time again, hopefully we'll be filming some more of those. And hey, that's a good problem future. to have, you know, yeah. like, you know, when you're too busy to kind of like stay up on some of yeah. these things and, and now some time frees up and now you're able to. That's good. I'm only two weeks into this, but it's already like amazing. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was like insanely busy. Like people would yeah. always say to me, like, I don't know how you're doing all this <laughs> and like still working like a job. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It's fine. I can do it. And now that I now I have time, it's just weird. You know what I mean? Um, if you had asked me to do this podcast a month ago, I would have been like, no, I can't because I'll be chained to an oven in the evening. So I would like work during the day. And what then came bake. to you? Huh? Oh, all right. <laughs> Just record me while I'm like chained, you know, with a mixer going. That's great for audio. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's better than like a Vitamix and a KitchenAid, you know, mix master, like running in a, on an audio recording. So, yeah, but no, it's been going really well and I've been very flattered, um, by the response that it's gotten. So it's nice. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I, yeah. I, I do. I really like hearing, especially like, you know, with Cleveland being such a big food drink mm-hmm. town, mm-hmm. you know, when you, it, it's competitive. There's a lot of, there's a lot of really, really good ones out there. I think there that, there's, that I think also... while we've been recording this podcast, at least six other vegan bakers have popped up in Cleveland as <laughs> and well. And 12 podcasts. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> it's kind of like funny, you know, how many there are now. Like every time I do another event, it's like, oh, I like go up and introduce myself. Cause I don't, uh, a, I love whenever there's another good one in town because I don't like vegan baked goods that give vegan bakery a bad name because uh, I want I think it hurts everyone if they oh, yeah. think like oh I, ha- I had a vegan cupcake once it was disgusting it was and then yeah. they don't ever want to buy my stuff and my stuff's delicious um, so I just want to make sure that it's good and um, you know so I like to I like to be helpful and supportive when people are starting out but it's you know, a lot of people, it's just a hobby or they're just testing the waters. I mean, it wasn't supposed to be my job either. So I, you know, who knows what they'll be in a few years. So, Hey, yeah. that's great. And you're right though. I, I, I know what you're saying. Cause some people will kind of go into, cause there are a couple of really good vegan places that mm-hmm. if you didn't tell me it was vegan going yeah. into it, I took, I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. There's some really, really good ones. But if you want to kind of have people try it, cause some people think vegan and just be like, yeah. ah, why not? I, 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 there's an actual one over here. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, like every the- time, uh, who was it? Cloak and Dagger when they made like a, a vegan BLT. I was like, well, I've had actual BLTs, but I just had to go try it out. Yeah. And it was good. I yeah. liked it there. I mm-hmm. really liked that place. So I, I know what you mean. And I'm, but I'm, I've tried some really, really good ones where mm-hmm. I wouldn't care and wouldn't even know because mm-hmm. of how well it's made. So good for you. Yeah. No, it's been, it's been a nice surprise. So yeah, I've been happy with it. Yeah, and good. We'll, just, good. we'll see where this goes. Right, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Mike, what do you got going on? Yeah. Um, well, right now, um, I've been co-hosting a, another podcast with a friend that Dave knows as well. Uh, his name's Aaron Spears. Who, who we, used to co-host the Cedar Lee podcast yeah. with me when we did that back when I was at Cedar Lee. Yeah, it's called Watch Challenge. So we each week there is a theme, and we have to 
challenge ourselves to watch something that we've never seen before. Um, so uh, this, the upcoming one that we're going to record tomorrow is um, part two of a uh, black exploitation oh. uh, that we've been diving into. What were you? Um, what were you challenged to watch? Well, um, this is we just have to kind of find our own things, and we don't tell each other oh, okay. what we're watching. So this is just kind of inspired. Uh, a few weeks ago at the Cinematheque, they played a Jim Brown movie called Slaughter, mm-hmm. which I thought was amazing yeah, um <laughs> it's very like looking it through the 2023 lens a lot of the language is uh, problematic yeah a little a little problematic but the action scenes were were pretty awesome and rip seeing rip torn um uh spoiler alert he gets you know blown up in a car it was pretty hilarious Aww. but uh but that it really <laughs> uh it. <laughs> it, it kind of inspired for this episode so yeah. we're gonna get ready to do that and um other than that, you know, just doing the film commission thing, clevelandfilm.com, and, mm-hmm. you know, scouting houses and stuff like that. That's yeah. cool. Hopefully, <laughs> when all these, um, when the uh, writers and actors strike, we can hopefully get people back to work. That's yeah, right great. now the, the one concern. Yeah. For sure, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, I realize I should have plugged down my uh, bitchyveganhomo.com and at bitchyveganhomo on Instagram and uh, at BVH Bakery on Facebook because they wouldn't allow bitchyveganhomo on Facebook. <laughs> Facebook wouldn't? Facebook wouldn't, but Instagram did, and they're owned by the same people, so explain that to me. I don't, I don't know. think I yeah. can because yeah. I saw shit today on yeah, Facebook I couldn't believe was on. It's actually, people always go, oh, because of the homo part? No, it's it's actually bitchy is the part. Like, bitch gets flagged as a, yeah. Does mm-hmm. it really? Yeah, that's huh. the problem, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a guy this weekend at, at the farmer's market. I do the Cuyahoga Valley farmer's market every month and uh, once a month. And this guy came up to me. He's like, do you ever get in trouble for your name? <laughs> and uh, he's like, no, the best thing about having a business now named Bitchy Vegan Homo is I never have to deal with a customer I don't want to because they don't even <laughs> oh, come no. up to me. Like, why would they come up <laughs> to a table that they're not in right. any way? If they're offended or not interested, they just don't even come up. And if they did, I wouldn't have to be nice to them. I'd just be on brand by being mean. Yeah. So it's all right. You can't really get upset. I mean, no. you kind of should have known this coming yeah, into it. I exactly. told you what was going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to bitch at you. It's right out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I almost named this podcast Drunk Asshole because I'm like, hey, man, hey. I'm at home. <laughs> I need to be in my element. I've been, to, you know, to... people always ask, like, you know, like, what's some advice you have for people starting out? I've legitimately told people, name your business something that's a little bit snarky so that you don't have to be nice to people. <laughs> oh, it's super memorable. Yeah. It is memorable. When I, because I went, when Mike and I first talked about this, and I was like, do you know anyone else would be good? I think it'd be good to have like two people, everybody bring five. And he sent yours over, and then he sent one other who I already forgot. <laughs> and I was like, "Why would I go to the other guy who's just when I can get the bitchy vegan, bitchy homo? vegan homo, or so, Mike, yeah. <laughs> or some other yeah. guy named Mike? I have a Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, nah, it's cool. I'm gonna reach out to this guy. People are always like, how did you come up with it? And I was like, well, I was making dinner for my best friend Matt one night, and he was like, shut up, you bitchy vegan homo. They were just like, and I was like, that's gonna be the name of everything. I literally went immediately on. Online, bought the domain, registered the social accounts, and and it's actually now a registered trademark. So I own the registered trademark for Bitchy Vegan Homo. So, yeah. You got merch? Uh, I have a lot of merch. Yeah, Hell actually, yeah. my other registered trademark is my slogan, which is "Nothing milked, nothing murdered." And so I have a lot of "Nothing milked, nothing murdered" T-shirts and yeah, other merch. Well, mm-hmm. I'll take something, probably one of everything. All right, just to mm-hmm. start conversations when I go. Out. I also have a very nice gay and delicious T-shirt. So, <laughs> I'll rock yeah, that too. I don't really nice care. Nice bright pink with a beautiful <laughs> script. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, 
Good. Merch is important. I have it none. is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I super appreciate you coming for the third time. You keep Absolutely. coming back, and I think it's great. Um, it's weird that you're cheating on me with another podcast, mm. um, but that's fine. I'm sorry. I'm that's sorry. fine. Uh, big shout out to Ryan, who's only been on once. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laura, only twice. You're a rarely rare club outside of Ken wow. Schneck, who's been on like 17. Oh, I, feel, I feel very honored. I know Ken very well. Uh, I was Ken's, Ken's first friend in Cleveland. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Ken actually uh, He's doing your gave line. me that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I just walked okay. outside one day. That was on my car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ken. But uh, he like, sent me a video of him... Uh, walking through his house, and he's like, look at this. I'm like, do you have more of those? He's like, yeah, I didn't win. I have plenty of these. <laughs> I was like, I would like one. And then six months later, he brought it. So That's nice. So speaking of Ken, so August 26th at Southern Tier uh, live show. Obviously, Ken will be with me because Ken's with me about 40% of the time now. <laughs> um, really fun show. Uh, we have uh, Lakota Secure is going to be there. Um, Jordan Urban from the Locally Grown Podcast is going to be there. Um, and then Scuff Mixon is going to be closing musically. I believe Mike is also going to do an acoustic number. Um, so I don't know why. I want to be surprised. He said it's yeah. something from the 80s, probably a Stallone movie. Awesome. Basically, just find the, the, the Cobra soundtrack. It's probably all that acoustically with the harmonica, probably a I do own it dance. on vinyl if you need it. <laughs> do you really? I do. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you just impressed him. You're going to come back. There's a whole other podcast. You're just coming in here for now a vinyl. I'm going to try to approach a... you from this other podcast. <laughs> if you could afford the uh, rights to play the entire uh, the score, you could like have a listening party for that. We all kick in ten, twenty dollars. I'm sure we can. <laughs> yeah, that I'm sure they'll cover it. Well, anyway, uh, tickets are already the event rights up. Um, Southern Tier is a really big, beautiful place. Um, they were nice enough to reach out after the last live show fell through, but Jukebox already agreed to let me do the show there because Alex is awesome and he's a past guest. So, But I stayed in contact with Southern Tier. I've been working with them recently the last couple of weeks, so I'm excited to use their tap room. It's a really big place, um, so we can get a lot of people in there. Uh, tickets have already started selling. They're on sale right now. You can check the Instagram page for the Eventbrite. It's only $10. Um, and uh, please uh, show up. I, I'd, I'm excited. It's still about uh, I don't know, six weeks out. I don't know. I'm not good with dates or numbers or finance so um but please uh it'll be a lot of fun you know i always have fun doing these with ken ken's a blast and uh uh i've had scuff on before he's a really interesting really fun cool guy super super talented i have actually not met lakota before but ken was just like you should and (laughs) i very much trust ken so uh i'm i'm fine to have her on and then of course your uh jordan from the locally grown podcast uh, i've worked with her before she's awesome we're gonna do a lot of dating and single stuff because uh that's been an ongoing saga with ken which i love discussing with him <laughs> um ken is some of the best dating single stories where monday he'll be like i met someone amazing and thursday is like he's a fucking asshole <laughs> and uh jordan i'm sure has a similar vibe so uh excited to talk about that so everyone, please check it out uh check out the gillis podcast wherever podcasts can be found instagram twitter Facebook, unless you say bitch, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, apparently that's a no-go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really kind of looking at this threads thing. I don't know what it is, but I might check that out, too. <laughs> apparently your audience is already built into it, so taking mm-hmm. out some of the work out of it, so I might join. Um, outside, that's it. Thank you, too, very Thank much. You. Good seeing Thank you. you and awesome meeting Lovely you. Lovely seeing you. Thanks. Right. Thanks, everyone.